Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. You're about to embark on yet another great adventure with the Gary and Shannon Show. A reminder, we want you to make sure that you look at the iHeart app and hit the follow button on the Gary and Shannon Show podcast so that you can get updates on what's going on with our podcast. Don't forget to share it as well. Get it? It's adventure music. Also, share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you have that opportunity, and tell a friend about what you're listening to when you listen to the Gary and Shannon Show. I can't make this work, then I'm going to have to get a real job. Right now, I am out. Hey, listen to me. This is a real job. I am the one with the job. You're the one who lies around the house all day in a pool of your own slobber. Gary Hoffman. He drug a stink in here so bad the livestock wouldn't stay. Shannon Farron. She is washed up. You understand me? She's finished. She's a troublemaker. She's on my list. Gary and Shannon. You can Google it. It's worth a Google. Now for the coup de grace. is going to go by really fast when you do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Who has that kind of work? Oh, man. Jane Wells in for Shannon today. Hello. You asked me this morning how my my weekend was, and I stumbled at first because it was fine. I mean, it was nice, but I did nothing. I've never had such a weekend. I watched every pitch of that baseball game on Saturday that went 14 innings. I watched almost every pitch of yesterday's game that went 10 innings because I was flipping back and forth between that and the Masters. The couch clearly represents my buttocks right now. Okay, let me just... Perfect imprint. Who washes the clothes? Who goes to the grocery store? I started laundry. Who does the yard work? Takes out the trash on the way? I did some of that. Because I would, there would be, there would be moments when I felt just guilt, overriding, sweltering, suffocating guilt that I was sitting around yeah, doing don't nothing. Don't you have like your chores that are yours that you're supposed to do, and yeah. you do them on the weekend because mm-hmm. you work during the week? I yeah. mean, that's my whole Saturday is the fixing. I do a little bit every day, just so that I can do on Saturday absolutely nothing. These are clacking against I know. my ear. Those are the funny. I'm wearing. You have testicles on your ears. Yes, I'm wearing fake dog balls on my ears and around my neck uh, for a story we're going to talk about later called Nudicles. These are my three the, balls. My, That's exactly <laughs> right, Blake. There's three of them. Two. These are little chihuahuas in my dangly earrings, and this one around my neck goes uh, into a Great Dane. So I wanted Gary to have to stare at them for the next four hours. Appreciate that. Especially this thing. I know. I've been walking around. People are like, they, like, what is that necklace from like the '80s? It's sort of a chunky, chunky pen, uh, you know, pendant. That's one way to put it. Yes. Yeah, so, um... uh, all right. A bunch that we're going to get to today. A lot is going on. Obviously, we're going to keep an eye on what's going on in Syria after the chemical attack and now the Israeli strike. Uh, um, should I use finger quotes when I say that since everybody believes it was Israel, but Israel's just looking the other way? Well, who uh, who who would it be? It would be because anybody it's else. Either us or Israel. Right. And we aren't. And we would. And step if we forward. did it, Trump would say we did it. Right. So it looks like Israel hit uh, Syrian air base, T-4, I believe it was called. I think 14 people were killed. Yes, Uh, including Iranians who are in the country. Right. But no Russians, surprisingly, even though they're crawling all over that base and say that the Israelis didn't tell them. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, 
Uh, well, yeah, we'll believe everything the Russians tell you. Uh, at 1230, when we get into Swamp Watch, we'll talk a whole lot more about that. We'll talk about Stormy Daniels releasing the composite sketch of the guy who threatened her back in Vegas at some point. <laughs> uh, a lot of Facebook sorry, stuff we'll get laugh. to. I don't know. Um, but let's start with this Cosby retrial. supposed to start today. It still, ha- As far as I can tell, it still hasn't. They're still trying to work out the deals with this uh, juror who apparently told another juror during selection, I just think he's guilty in reference to Bill. You can't – I mean, you could probably keep that in your head. You're not supposed to. Right. But everybody comes into a jury with some amount of bias. Well, it's a male was- juror. It's a man who said this. And so the judge is going to talk to this person and see the defense wants um, this guy kicked off and replaced with an alternate uh, – Oh, he says no. With, um, based on what the woman told tells but him, oh, the, the woman was the, woman the one who overheard the it. Juror. Yeah, the one who overheard it. Yeah. So he's been actually the judge has been talking with that woman in chambers for hours uh, as of this morning. They have not yet started trial. Now that was I mean that's, that's nothing. Just, that's just a that's just what do you say that adds a little carrot to the salad. But what made this thing amazing this morning was before anybody went into court. As Cosby was coming into court. As Cosby's coming into court. A protester comes out, well, I shouldn't say comes out of nowhere. She jumped a barrier and got right up next to Cosby, although she, the video I saw, she didn't try to get to him. She just stood in front of him and then turned and faced the camera. I think she was running towards the camera. She's topless, by the way. Yeah, uh, with writing all over her body. She's being tackled by police now. Very carefully, of course. Um, Including female officer was like right there. I think the first one to get hands on her. Uh, But they, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. Well, here's the late breaking news. We now know who this woman is. This is crazy. She's an actress named Nicole Rochelle, 38 years old, who as a child actress appeared in at least four episodes of The Cosby Show. So she's just not some random me too, I'm going to rip off my shirt and show my you-know-whats, my ta-tas uh, to, uh, for me too. Me ta- Go on. Me I'm going to see you work this through. No, I can say this because I'm a <laughs> me girl. Me ta-tas. Me ta-tas for me too. Uh, she had uh, rapist minus the T across her back and then Women's Lives Matter on in front in red and then written several places all over her uh, torso are the names of some of the people who have accused Cosby of raping them. Um, so Cosby's attorney felt it was very disrespectful to victims that she ran um, topless, uh, as opposed well, to slipping people a Mickey, which is much more respectful. How many women finally came out and accused him? Sixty. I'm, they have sixty. Yes, all so, lies apparently. So they all got their stories straight. From different parts of the country in multiple decades. Uh, well, they're all crazy. They're all crazy, Gary. This They're all crazy. Here's what's different about this second time around. You know, last June there was a hung jury uh, on these charges. Now uh, the judge is going to let five more women speak and tell their tales. Last time it was just one. Uh Cosby has a new Tom Mesereau is now his defense attorney. Tom Mesereau, a veteran and successful defense attorney with crazy white hair. He successfully defended Michael Jackson. Is that a powdered wig he's wearing now? No, that's that's just he's always had that long gray white white hair. Hmm. 
What I find interesting is um, the jury will be sequestered during the retrial. Now, let's let me think back. What big trial? What big trial was the jury sequestered for? Oh, almost two words. Ten months. Uh, O.J. Simpson killed those people. Uh, that's more than two words. I'm sorry. Hey, wow. Words. Yeah. So that really blew up in the prosecution space. I, I in general, figure, look, everybody who filled out uh, in voir dire said they knew about the Me Too movement. They're all aware of Cosby. I don't know what you gain by sequestering them at this point, except really... to tick them off. You tick them off. Off, Especially, you make them angry. This is not a uh, one, you know, one and done, one week thing. This no. is at least a month, at least. And these high, cele- uh, high profile celebrity trials like this tend to drag on a lot longer than people, uh, you know, estimate before the trial begins. I mean, today's an example. It's supposed to start hours ago, and they're still trying to deal with whether or not they're going to keep this juror on. If, by the way, they kick that juror off, who says. I just think he's guilty. He's replaced by the first alternate is a black woman, which would mean there were three African-Americans on the jury, nine white people, if it matters. I mean, I don't know if it, it pertains in this case. Or woman versus but. man. I don't know. You know, I mean, that may not that may not help the defense. Uh, I think what the judge has to find out is whether people can set aside their opinions. I mean, look, everybody, you have to be an idiot. Right. To walk into that courtroom and say, well, I don't have any opinion on this. It's I prefer, and I don't know anything, to have a juror who would say, well, yeah, I kind of think he did it, but uh, I'm willing to put that aside right. and, and listen, listen to, to the, the evidence. evidence. That's all that would make perfect sense. All right, uh, coming back, we're going to talk about what's going on in San Diego. Looks like somebody made a little bit of extra money off of an indoor skydiving center. Um, <laughs> most brilliant it's, it's twist. most bizarre, uh, because they're going to turn it into a... Homeless, homeless, action, transitional thing. And uh, the you taxpayers in San Diego assume the position. (laughs) Plus your chance to win a thousand dollars coming up brought to you by Cunning Dental. Taco. I'm sorry. The word is toothache. I don't know where I got taco from. (laughs) Toothache. Call Cunning Dental if you got a taco ache. Free exam. (laughs) Triple eight six forty smile. Keep listening. Ooh, a we'll, tooth talk. We'll tell you how to win that thousand dollars. Gary and Shannon, Jane Wells in for Shannon today. But if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like nothing changed at all? And if you close your eyes, Gary and Shannon, welcome to uh, Monday, April 9th. Uh, Jane Wells sitting in for Shannon today. An opportunity for you to win one thousand dollars. For me. No, not you. You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. Muriel in Upland did just that, and she answered the phone when they called. If you do not answer the phone, if you're the winner but you don't answer the phone, then you're not the winner. Your next chance to win is going to be next hour, in fact, we're giving away $1,000 an hour all the way through 7 o'clock tonight right here on KFI. So for the next hour, pick up that call that you don't recognize. Yes, even if it's like... And then just hang up Aunt, on it. Aunt Millie or something like no, that. No, if it's like the the robot saying, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me while I fix my uh, microphone <laughs> or whatever. I had to, you know, click. And then if it's not us, yell at them. 
No, but if it's a robot, the robots do. That's a fake I know, person. But, but still yell. Oh, it, yeah, you can yell. good. Yeah. It's, yeah, so there you go. Uh, down in San Diego, not to too, yell about. Not too far away from Petco Park is a, uh, a now abandoned building uh, that was lost in a foreclosure a while ago. And uh, it was called uh, Indoor Skydiving right there at 14th and Imperial. Beautiful building. It is really kind of a modern-looking uh, repurposing, I guess, of right, what yeah. was a, a former uh, just abandoned lot, a couple of lots that they put this big, huge indoor skydiving facility <laughs> in where you've got the big, thick glass tubes, and you put your helmet on and your little flight suit, and you get out there, and the fan blows, and you Yeah, and your cheeks all kind of And slobber comes out of your face, and... But that's what they used to do at this place. Well, well, I, not that long. Did it ever actually open or thrive? It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't seem like it was a winner. No. I mean, obviously, it, uh, it would still be open if it was. But the city came in, and, and the city dropped uh, $7 bucks on this. Cash. Cash. That's the key. Uh, without an independent appraisal. Now, the city wants to turn it into a housing navigation center for the homeless to help people with nowhere to live to find a place of their own. And the L.A. Times is reporting now that critics are saying, you know, the city just went in and plunked down $7 million in cash. You have people in this uh, real estate appraisals in this article suggesting the building maybe is only worth half that. Uh, and why? Why, Gary, did they do this kind of just quietly and quickly uh, and without an independent appraisal? We must follow the money, Jane. We must follow the money. Uh, shall we? Should we shall. Okay, you start. It starts with Alan Buzz Fink. Okay, now I love that, yeah. by the way. Yeah, his name's Buzz? Buzz Fink. <laughs> Buzz Fink, longtime businessman down in San Diego, loved flying, wanted to get into this. It, this stunk. Apparently the business um, had some design problems in the building, cost overruns, lawsuits as a result of all of this. So a few months ago, like uh, September... Buzz loses the property to his lender, a guy named uh, David Malcolm, financier. By the way, I don't think this thing may have ever actually opened. I think you're probably right. So the day after uh, his lender takes possession of the property, titles transfer to a holding company, 1401 Imperial Holding Company, an entity owned by by the John Two-Roger, Two-Roger, Two-Roger Trust. Okay, so there's the guy, the lender who foreclosed... And this guy he transferred the title to, they've long done business together in San Diego and Texas. You take it from there. So the city council gets gets word from their real estate people um, and their deputy chief operating officer that the appraisal on this property is somewhere between 15 and 22 million dollars. Okay, this is an appraisal from their own people, not. Any independent or second appraisal was done. 15 to $22 million for a completed structure, which may or may not be useful in its current form, in a transitional area, I would say, near Petco Park. Okay, even by San Diego standards. Yeah. That's a high appraisal. So the city is now claiming, you know, we got a steal only paying $7 million. Well, the San Diego Union, San Diego Union Tribune reported that the appraisal the city relied on was done prior to 2016 when the Chargers were still thinking about a stadium in that area. And that appraisal also included 
more than $11 million of value for the furniture, fixtures, and equipment related to the skydiving business. Right. So basically, that $11 million accounts for at least half of that earlier appraisal. So we're talking about a property that was probably valued... In honesty, probably valued closer to about $5 million. Correct. In fact, it was being assessed at under $6 million until suddenly, oh, my God, we just paid $7 million. for. Oh, look, we're assessing it at $7 million now. So they don't get caught. So this downtown businessman and homeless advocate, George Mullen, criticized San Diego. Now, that's interesting. This guy's allegedly a homeless advocate. And he's criticizing the way this went. He said, astonishingly, the city did this purchase in the shadows without an appraisal and never discussed the idea with top civic leaders working on the homeless issue. Why? Quote, something is rotten here. I don't know if it's a common thing. They said that the escrow on this whole thing took seven days. A seven-day escrow. Okay, look, this isn't exactly like it was a hot property, all right? It's in an area where things are happening. Why this rush? To go in and say, oh, my God, it's available. Well, uh, let's pay $7 million cash. Let's get it right now. Let's get it right now because everybody wants a piece of this. And let's close escrow in seven days. It, uh, it stinks. It does stink. It is close enough to the water that it probably stinks. <laughs> yes. I mean, but what civic leaders are going to say is, look, we are doing something about homelessness, which something needs to be done. Right. We're creating a transitional facility. <laughs> yeah, but you're doing it at twice what it might be worth. In the dark of night, without an outside appraisal, to benefit two guys? Yeah. Hmm. It's always, it's always the, the carelessness of situations like this that end up costing these politicians their jobs. Or someone, potentially criminal charges. Yeah, somebody needs to go skydiving and then they turn off the wind tunnel. Uh, haven't gotten my Facebook notice yet, but we're keeping an eye on it. Uh, see whether or not Facebook is going to tell us if we are of the 87 million people who may have lost information. Uh, we'll talk about that and actually uh, ask you, did, are you going to quit Facebook over all of these privacy issues? That's all coming up next. Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells in for Shannon today. So let's go Gary and Shannon, Jane Wells in for Shannon today. Shannon's just on vacation. She'll be back. I saw her pictures from Thailand. They look great. She looks like she, I don't know if she's coming back. <laughs> well, she said she would come back. Uh, she sent me, for those of you who know my uh, my absolute hatred of sunflowers, love sunflower seeds, hate the actual flower because when I was a kid, they would grow too high, and then the heads get really heavy with the seeds, and they'd look at you. They'd just constantly look mm. at you, and you could never get away from them. I hate sunflowers. Mm. Uh, she sent me a picture of a sunflower yesterday morning and said, good morning. Did you scream? Uh, not out loud. Not out loud. But part of me died. Just right there on, wow. the, on the couch, of course, because I think you're I the first person I have ever met who has an anti-sunflower well, bias. Well, were you telling me you had something? To I you? do. I have a weird... Um, Amy King, I don't know if anybody can relate to this. I, ha- I I know nobody who has this. I used to be, I've just gotten out of it the last couple of years, freaked out by the full moon rising or setting, on just on the horizon. It, it, what do you mean freaked out? It would, like, scare me like it was sneaking up on me. It was eyeballing me. Once it got to about 10 degrees above the horizon, I was fine. But the I couldn't look at it. And the only th- And I thought maybe this was a thing. No. 
It's not a thing. You're the only one. I've Googled this like lunar phobia, full moon. Pho- I'm I'm fine with. I love the full moon. Uh, it's just the rising of the set. And I all I can think of is that old Monsanto ride at Disneyland, where at the very end you're subatomic and there's a blue eyeball looking, looking at, at you, you under the microscope. Oh, that was my favorite. What's oh. it called? Inner Inner space. Yeah. Inner space. That I, that really bothered it's, me. Look at me. I'm clutching. My, I know you're getting nervous. I'm clutch, you're you're my clutching your, your balls. <laughs> Which will uh, explain what I'm clutching later. Well, is it because of the uh, when it's closer to the horizon, well, it, it appears huge. larger? Yeah, and... I felt like it was, um, you know, the moon's sneaking up on you and it's staring at you. Is I, it a peeping Tom issue? Like I, you're afraid of people looking in at you? I know, just the moon, like it was going to come on down. And, but I'm over it now. I'm <laughs> okay. over it now. It took me It took me about 45 years to get over it. My dad um, used to call me outside and say, hey, Jane, look over here. And I'd look and it'd be a full moon. And he'd go, ah! <laughs> which was really mean. She had moon therapy. Well, and by over it, I you're not completely over no, it. No, I've just... worked through it because I have to come to work so early at CNBC that you drive due east. I do on the 101, and I've watched the moon rise many times, Terrifying. depending on the time. So I've had to work through it. Gripping the wheel. Or it's like setting behind me so I won't look in the rearview mirror. I don't know why. Right. Well, look at you. How can you laugh? Sunflowers scare know. you. Good point. I'm a weirdo. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is on Capitol Hill today. He's supposed to testify tomorrow about the privacy issues that uh, that Facebook has been dealing with for the last couple of weeks. Uh, although they've, I guess you could say, been dealing with privacy issues since they started. Uh, mm. When it when it just it seems like every couple of weeks or months we would get a new alert from a friend or even a, or whether it was based in rumor or fact. People telling us to change our security settings so that Facebook couldn't peer into our hearts. Also, was always updating the app. Well, the shares are up almost 2% today. So the market apparently is feeling more confident. All tech shares are up crazy. I mean, they're really, really way up today. It's pretty shocking. Uh, the market is, where's the Dow? The Dow's up about 380 points right now. Yeah, we got his prepared statements, what he's going to say to the folks tomorrow before they take questions. It's a very, very long prepared statement, which I'm assuming will be in the Zuckerberg monotone in sort of an effort to maybe put them to sleep before they ask questions. (laughs) But he talks about all the steps they're taking, saying we were an idealistic company, optimistic, and, oh, lo and behold, bad players. They're removing things like developers' access to your data if you haven't used an app in three months. They're reducing the... The data an app can get. How does the guy get, how does he get away with this if originally, I mean, the roots of Facebook were were in. We're checking out girls. Checking out girls. <laughs> and then he somehow all of a sudden thinks he's he's now innocent. I Gosh, I never would have. I, we're just an optimistic, used, idealistic. We weren't into it to make a lot of money and control the entire world. No, we're just looking at, at knockers. Uh, uh, okay, um, where were we? <laughs> Uh, so he goes on and on. And also what's interesting, something new coming out of this prepared statements is he talks about the disinformation campaign run by Russian entities, including something called the Internet Research Agency, IRA. He now says that uh, during the election or uh, approximately 126 million people may have been served content from a Facebook page associated with that entity. Uh, so a lot of you were exposed to. Real fake news uh, from the Russians. This is strange because the the numbers are all different, by the way. Cambridge Analytica said that they only got information from approximately 30 million people. Right. Um, Zuckerberg says 87 million. Zuckerberg says 87 million because what they did was – 
a few years ago, 2014, there was an academic researcher who put together this personality quiz called This Is Your Digital Life. It's from the people who brought you the answer these 10 questions and we'll tell you which 80s sitcom you Yes, are. which I've fallen for. I never again. Don't never do again. that. Don't ever do that. But he says he paid about a quarter million people to take it. That's right. a lot of people, but he paid them to do it. I don't know how much or whatever. But the app then took not only their data, the original quarter million people, but everyone associated with them, everybody in their friends and contacts list, which, according to Facebook restrictions at the time, was completely legal. Well, yes, but then they sold it to somebody. Right. That is not legal. That are not under the rules. Right. It's not, not, the, illegal. not the ones that they published right. to you. Right. Um, so, so there's some discrepancy. Thirty million from Cambridge Analytica. At least Mark Zuckerberg is taking the high number and saying we're going to warn 87 well, million. Well, the whistleblower about. says it could be more, more than 87 million. And then this Russia thing is 126 million. So right. there's all of that going on before he goes. Now people are saying Zuckerberg should re- be removed as chairman. Well, he's got 60 percent of the voting shares. He's got 60 percent of voting power. He'd have to vote against himself. That's not going to happen. That, so good luck with that, unless there was such a drumbeat that he decided for the good of the company he needs to step aside and have an independent chairman. That's not going to happen. No. Do you know who's uh, jumped on to the delete Facebook uh, bandwagon now? Who? Is Steve Wozniak. Just that he's, I mean. He jumps on every bandwagon, by the way. He, he's the Buzz Aldrin of uh, tech. But I'm just throwing that out there. Hope that bandwagon has good shocks. <laughs> um, but that's a question. Are you going to delete Facebook as a result of this? And I want to I want to hear from people who who may potentially do this. If you're especially if you are going to do this or you've just way changed the way that you deal with Facebook and social media in general. I would say, yeah, uh, we want your calls. Are you going to quit Facebook or Wozniak suggests instead of making money from advertising, Facebook should charge you. Would you be willing to pay for Facebook in exchange for no ads just to be on it? Or are you just going to quit the whole thing altogether? 1-800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1-KFI. Are you going to quit Facebook or would you be willing to pay for your privacy? All of that is coming up next. Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells in for Shannon. I didn't see it coming. Creeping up from behind. I was almost swallowed whole. By the thrill of the fight. It wasn't for the Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells in today. Hello. Talking about Facebook and the uh, reaction to what we've seen over the last couple of weeks with this discussion about Cambridge Analytica, about selling the information that uh, they gather from you, that you volunteer to them, and what it's going to mean for Mark Zuckerberg and potentially the future of social media the way we use it. So question is, because there's been a huge push, are you willing to quit Facebook? You're like gonna delete Steve Wozniak, this he says he's out... Yeah, saying Apple's so much better. Well, Apple, sell, you know, you spend $1,000 for a phone for Apple, so that's how they make their money. Uh, Raz is calling in. What's going on? Hey, so uh, I don't know if I'm going to delete my Facebook, but I definitely wouldn't pay for it. I mean, ever since I've been on the Internet, everything my parents have told me, everything anybody has told me is anything you put on there, It be ready for the world to see it. Don't put anything you don't want anybody to know. So the fact that anybody had the idea that privacy was even a thing, especially on a social media like Facebook, I think is ridiculous. How old are you, Raz? 23. Okay. 
Uh, do you have your credit card attached to your Facebook account or any of your social media? Do you have a credit card account? Uh, I do have my uh, credit card information, but just like the same thing with uh, people saying don't use the Wi-Fi at a Starbucks or don't use the Wi-Fi in a public place because somebody can kill, could steal your data. Or now there's a big surge of people hacking into people's routers and creating fake uh, IPs and things like that. Anything you're doing on the Internet is kind of open to anybody. Yeah, Any we're all screwed. It's a, it's, a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle my credit card hasn't been hacked. So you're right, Raz. I mean, yeah. It's anybody, any 16-year-old with access to a laptop and a name can find anything about anybody out with enough digging. I mean, yep. it's a scary world we live in, but uh, anything for the likes and the shares, right? Absolutely. Raz, thanks for calling in. I think there's – he points to something that – I think there's a gap. There's a generational gap that exists where you're going to see the most people targeted. So if you're if you're over the age of 60, 65 – you're not on Facebook. You're not going to, you know, my mom is on once every two months and it's because somebody passed away or something. That's never, I'm never concerned about my parents' privacy because they don't put stuff on social media. That also, I don't, I'm not concerned about my 18 year old son or my 15 year old daughter. I mean, there are some privacy issues, but they have no they're, money. They're savvy enough. Well, yeah, and they also but, have nothing to steal. And like, like Blake was saying earlier, um, he came in and told us his generation knows that there are privacy issues associated with social media because it's been pounded into their heads for the last 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I know we have no privacy on the Internet, and I I guess then I should give credit for the security measures there are that my credit card information isn't taken from me regularly, and it isn't. Uh, Larry is calling in. Hey, Larry. Hey, how's it going? Great. Um, I dropped off uh, Facebook actually a week ago, right around the same time that this was all going on. Because of this? No, no, no. I mean, it had actually been uh, something I had been considering, and just hearing this, pretty much, it, it made it solid. Why? And what are you what are you doing now? Have you been able? Are you going through social media withdrawal? <laughs> um. Well, first, why I uh, I left is because honestly, I think the biggest dr- uh, drive away from it was the fact that uh, they utilize your cookies. So I'd be searching the web on Amazon trying to buy something, and all of a sudden I'm visiting Facebook and seeing those products being advertised to me on the sidebar. And so that really kind of, that was really a turnoff. And, um, you know, I had other reasons. And once I left, and it, well, actually before I left, I had actually researched into other social media platforms. And so it really wasn't a hard, you know, withdraw. I was actually moving away from Steam it onto other platforms. Like what? Uh, the actual big platform I'm on right now is Steemit, and the only reason why I chose to move to that platform is because, um, much like Facebook, where you create content, this website actually pays you through cryptocurrency through other users, whether they like your content, <laughs> they can upvote it, and essentially yeah. you get paid for that content. So you're- you are an early adopter of other things. But let me ask you this, okay? Facebook makes its money on advertising. I, I would rather have ads targeted me at me that things I like than just generic ads. But to get rid of that and change the business model, would you be willing to pay a monthly subscription to have a social media platform that is ad-free? I mean, ad-free is a very nice, uh, nice thing to have. Just the whole fact of paying for a social media platform that you're auto- you're putting your content on anyway is is just a turnoff because i mean a lot of the t- i mean if you really think about it how much money has facebook been generating based on just 
daily uh, daily things that everybody's been posting. They're getting a lot of information on what society likes. That's kind of what the Cambridge Analytica thing was all about. And so just having that information is, is a very powerful tool. So, I mean... Or maybe then they should change their business model to just be ads and not selling information, what they call as surveillance advertising. Although, you know, they're not a charity. This is a business. But that's why they're going to end up getting regulated. Larry, thanks for calling. Walter is is calling in as well. Hey, Walter. Uh, Yeah, I quit Facebook 10 years ago because I knew they were monitoring people. Wait, 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 wait. 2008. How long were you on Facebook for? Uh, Probably a year. Well, you were in there early. You were in there. I mean, I don't think I even joined till 2010. Uh, yeah. So what have you been doing the last decade? Uh, Where have you working. been putting your dog photos? Working. Baby, baby. Uh, reading yeah. books. Just working, and... taking care of my family. Um, I, I'm traditional, too. I prefer to meet people face-to-face, shake their hands, you know, get to know them. Instead of just typing through a keyboard, who's, who's to say who you're actually talking to that person that they pose as online? God bless you, Walter. We yeah, need no, more people like you. No kidding. Uh, we'll talk more about this whole Facebook thing in um, Market Monday. Rebecca Jarvis is going to join us in the 1 o'clock Yay. hour. We'll talk about uh, how this is affecting Facebook stock price, which actually it's up It's 2% up almost today. 2%. People are liking this. Uh, well, people are loving tech today. Tech is uh, – the NASDAQ is up over 2% overall. And it's also – Dr. Dow plus one year. It was a year ago today that Dr. David Dow was dragged off that plane. What this has meant for United Airlines. They kill me. They kill me. They kill me. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue with Jane Wells right after this. Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells in today for Shannon. She's vacationing. We um, talked a little bit about the uh, Bill Cosby case, going back to court for the first time since the uh, rise of the Me Too movement, interrupted by a topless protester before the uh, blind Cosby made his way into the... Oh, now he can see. Now he can see. Um, (laughs) But they were dealing with an issue of a juror who was saying during jury selection to other jurors, prospective jurors, I just think he's guilty. Allegedly, he said this. So the judge has uh, allowed the public and the media back into the courtroom within just the last couple of minutes. So we should have an idea soon, probably within the next few minutes, actually, about what decision is being made. If that juror is going to get bounced and replaced with an alternate, they haven't even started testimony yet. But again, this is the uh, the retrial in the Cosby case. Uh, by the way, the topless woman who ran in front of Cosby is a former child actress who appeared on the Cosby show. And I, who did the letters on her back? Well, somebody forgot the T. Yeah, it, it's rapists. Are either they either it was supposed to be rapist or it was supposed to be rapes, and they misspelled it. Maybe she couldn't reach around and get the T possible maybe maybe came off with the shirt remember this guy we're all human beings so we have the same name come together right now it's overdue uh david dow oh, it's overdue yeah it's overdue apparently he's the ba- he's singing back up there yeah the remix on that one here's him singing vietnamese guns Kill me. 
บอดแบวสมสิทธิ์นี้กันเยา He sang kaching. He sang kaching, kaching, kaching. It was one year ago today that David Dow refused to give up his seat uh, on the United Express flight from O'Hare to Louisville. I apologize for that from the beginning because nobody wants to go from Chicago to Kentucky. Within 24 hours, the video of this guy being dragged down the aisle went viral. Everybody saw it. Everybody heard it. <laughs> Which sounds vaguely like John Cobell, doesn't it? <laughs> Talking about uh, uh, the homeless, or yes. uh, yeah, the homeless down in the Santa Ana River bed. Screaming! <laughs> I've I've heard John do that before. Yeah. All right. Well, a year later, what's changed, Gary? Well, for one thing, David Dow is sitting on a pile of money somewhere. Yes, but here's what's interesting. I always want to know from the beginning what was the story on this guy. He's a doctor. He's an internist in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Well, he apparently in 2005 pleaded guilty to like 98 counts of illegal prescriptions. So he had for a time lost his medical license, got it back again. He apparently may still be practicing occasionally there. I went on his uh, his review on Wellness Review. He's only had one review in the last year, and it wasn't good. It's a one star review. So I so he must. I, I wonder if he's thinking, well, I I gotta you know still show up at the office once in a while for appearances' sake. But uh, yeah, United settled with him out of court to make him happy and go away. So that's one thing that's changed. But that's not all. You know that. Well, airlines have had to try to deal with the issues of what do we do in that instance. Remember, this was a crew thing. Like they they had members of the crew that needed to go from Chicago to Louisville for to work on a plane. Yes. And the way they do that, it's amazing. They own an airline, so they put people in airline seats and move them from place to place around the country. Unless there's already butts in those seats, which actually there physically were, people had already boarded and there were butts in the seats, and so the people who paid the least, including Dr. David right. Dow, got yanked off the plane. Which it says so when you buy the ticket, it says there is a possibility that this is going to happen. Whether you, you buy it online, you buy it in per, however you buy it. Yeah, but it's wrong. <laughs> All the overbooking is ridiculous. I That totally has changed agree. and has changed. From April to December, the share of passengers bumped against their will will drop nearly 60% across 12 major mainline U.S. carriers compared to a year before. Southwest has stopped overselling flights at all. And the share of Southwest passengers who get bumped, which which does happen once in a while because of transporting crew members, fell nearly 70% during that period. Of course, airlines have boosted their payout. They're bribing to get you, in some cases, to ten thousand um, dollars, and they've gotten really good at apologizing. That said, <laughs> they're still killing your pet in the you know upward contain- cargo container. Sure. Or uh, there, or the American case where you know the, they yank the baby stroller out of the woman's hand. It, it's still, you know, flight attendants get down to their. Their well, last nerve. You said that. I mean, you fly all the time. All I, the time. I, I fly maybe three or four times a year, and that's if I'm lucky. Or, you are or, lucky or unlucky. Yeah. Um, but I, I think of the number of flights that take place every single day, just in the continental United States. I mean, tens of thousands of of airline flights every single day, and. When we hear stories like Dr. David Dow or the stroller being yanked out of the arms or the dog uh, croaking in the overhead, those are, you know, in terms of the percentage of 
misadventures on behalf of our, our airlines, it's, it's tiny, it's minuscule, but it blows me away that even in those instances of it only happens once every 100,000 flights, that the airlines handle them so poorly. The reactions are so bad. And they know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow up publicly. They, I mean, when they are dragging this guy off of the plane a year ago, how do they not know this is going to destroy us? Yeah, for where the next was the captain? Weeks? You know, it's his ship or her ship. Where's the captain and all that? Uh, by the way, those two Chicago Midway security officers, I believe, lost their jobs a so. few months later yeah. after that. They um they've gotten better they've gotten better at saying sorry they've gotten better at handing out money they are bumping fewer people uh, flying still isn't fun I would still say and I fly everything um I would still say of the big ones United in terms of the attitude and customer service is the worst of the big ones Spirit is just the worst but Spirit's low budget though right I mean yeah it's, they nickel you- and dime you. But see, you know, do they give you chairs anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that you stand, you stand in the in the uh, uh, yeah the lavatory. Here's the difference: Southwest is also low cost, but Southwest not as low cost as Spirit. Southwest has done a fantastic job of conditioning you into lowering your expectations. Right, open seating, first come first serve. You go in, you you check in them twenty four hours. You get your. the the flight attendants are all dressed like you know they want they're going to want to work at Trader Joe's, um, and they sing or they do whatever. It's all sort of like there's no first class. You're only going to get peanuts. Well, and Southwest previous to 2001, before security was, I mean, tightly restricted in late 2001, Southwest was a party. In the air, it was a party, <laughs> and the the flight attendants would screw around and they'd mess around with you and they. would you know, yeah. you, drinks were flowing. That's how I remember Southwest Airlines. Right. So they built this attitude of we're not taking ourselves too seriously, so you better not either. Right. And that's why I think you like – it is a cattle call on the 737, but you you feel like, ah, it's Southwest. I get it. It's peanuts. Whatever. I understand. Yeah. It cost me 69 bucks I'm to go to Vegas or whatever yeah. it was. <clears throat> so when we come back, I wanted to get into this list, though, because – United is not at the bottom when it comes to the rankings for uh, for airline service. And Southwest is not at the top. Yeah, so we'll talk about all of that when we come back. Gary and Shannon, Jane Wells in for Shannon today. Also, an opportunity for you to win $1,000 brought to you by Cunning Dental. Taco Mouth, call Cunning Dental for a free exam. I'm just going to do that all, all day now because <laughs> I screwed it up the first time. Uh, 888-640-SMILE. Keep listening. We'll tell you how to win. So I drive. Taxi and the traffic distracts me from the strangers in my backseat. They remind me of you. Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells sitting in for Shannon today. Here is your chance to win $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword luck to 200 200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's luck. 200 200 if you win though they will call you if you don't answer the phone they're going to move on to somebody who will so you got to answer that phone even if it's from a number you don't recognize for a thousand dollars just yeah t- take on. take the gamble there mark and grand terrace did and he won a thousand dollars your next chance to win one hour from now in fact every hour through seven o'clock tonight we're giving away a thousand dollars we're talking about airlines and uh, the quality of airlines and today 
They came out with a new list. It's exactly one year after Dr. David Dow was yanked off that flight uh, at United. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever seen anybody get taken off a flight? Uh, not like that. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I was on a flight once where someone died. Oh. Yeah, it was a long flight. It was from, like, Nairobi to London. And somebody up and I, all of a sudden you hear the flight attendant, is there a doctor on board? Is there a doctor on board? Please, please. Is there a doctor on board? And then you're thinking, whoa, this is not good. Uh, and so. I hope it's not the pilot. It was a, well, yeah, it was a big old 747. And this guy was up in business class, up in the upper level. And uh, when we landed, the authorities came on board. Before we landed, we saw them bringing someone down and seating them somewhere else. Uh-huh. Which it turns out that was the person who was sitting next to the man who died because he didn't want to finish the last three hours of the flight next to a dead, next guy. To a dead guy. And so the authorities came <laughs> on board, but they uh, they decided to let all you know five million three hundred thousand of us off the plane before they retrieved the body. And smart. Yeah. Ugh. Back I, to you. I actually caused someone to, to get off a plane one time. It, it was. What? Again, early. It was before the September 11th attack, so security was not quite what Boy, it was. Boy, that was another era, wasn't it? I didn't travel a whole lot. My wife and I and our infant son were coming to L.A. from Seattle to get on a cruise and go with the family. Get into the airport and thought, you know what? Let's let's push this as long as we can because I don't want to sit on a plane forever with an 18-month-old kid. So we waited until the, almost the last call. And uh, here we go. The three of us are getting ready to go onto the plane. And they said, your seats are already given oh, away. Oh, see? Wait a minute. I checked in at the gate, at the curb, when we put, put oh, our oh, luggage oh. in. And they said, no, you didn't actually check in for the flight. You just turned in your luggage, which I had no idea there was a difference between the two. Or I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah. So I explained to them, well, we're on our way down there for a cruise. And they said, we'll be right back. And uh, she makes a phone call. Somebody goes down the jetway and a couple of people come back and they had volunteered to give up their seats because they made an announcement that said, hey, we have a young family that's headed, you know, they have to make a cruise and they have the, you know, have to make their connection. So these were two people who had gotten your seats. These were the two standby passengers who thought they'd scored. Yes. And you ruined their day. Absolutely. Because you were too lazy to get on board the plane (laughs) early. Uh, this year's annual airline quality rating, uh, we were talking about United. Uh, out of the top 12 in this study, United actually comes in at eight. Again. Really? Yeah. Second year in a row that it's at eight. Number it's eight. at eight. Even they after all this. Way that. down at the bottom of it is uh, is Spirit Airlines, which is... Duh. No surprise. Yeah, they, they charge you just to sneeze. I've flown Frontier before. Yeah, I don't me think I... It was yeah. a long time ago, so I don't remember if it was anything it was, exciting or not. Yeah, not much. Uh, Express Jet is number 10. Never flown it. American is number 9. See, now I find this interesting that American is worse than United because I would say over the last couple of years, American has really upped its personal service game. That somebody finally told the flight attendants and the gate agents, you know, people do have choice and they hate you. And they have really, I, I have to say... Uh, the American customer service experience is markedly improved, better than United, but not according to everybody that was in this survey because they've got American at 9 and United at 10. Maybe they're using, uh, like, their memories of American. Uh, yeah, or Possibly. maybe. I found it interesting. Number 7 is Virgin America, which I have not had a bad experience on. I love Virgin America, but it's way down at 7. Uh, Sky West is 6. 
Yeah. Southwest is five. Hmm. Hawaiian is number four. That's because everybody's happy. I was just going to say that there's there's some inherent bias in that because you're going to Hawaii. And they're they are happy, too. Right there. No, the crew's always happy because they live in Hawaii. They live in Hawaii. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, JetBlue is number three. Mm -hmm. Delta is number two. Little surprising. And then at the top of the list, Alaska Airlines. Yay! Second year in a row. Uh, in fact, Alaska and Delta were so tight that the uh, Alaska wins by, I don't know, one one thousandth of a percentage. It, it was really tight. And the criteria, the criteria, the four factors they used measured by the Department of Transportation to come up with this list: percentage of bags mishandled, on time arrivals. Denied boardings and complaints to the Department of Transportation uh, about whatever airline. Spirit uh, fell to the last. It's just because it gets so many complaints. Interestingly enough, Alaska shares are down a little bit this morning. United shares are up. One thing that I found interesting on this story that was about the um, one-year anniversary of Dr. David Dow being dragged off that United flight. According to this story, where did we get this story from? Bloomberg? I don't know. At the time of the incident, 38% of consumers said they'd be willing to pay extra to fly American rather than United. Uh, I'm never going to fly United again. I'll pay thir- I'll pay more to fly American. 38% said that. By November, you know, six months later or so, only 14% were willing to pay extra. And in fact, in a month after the Dow flight, United reported flying more passengers than it had the prior year. So people say one thing, but in the end, when we book a flight... Yeah, you're it, not looking at which no. airline. You're just looking at the number. You here. know it's going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> How cheap is it? How quickly can I get there? I do not want to stop in Phoenix, Denver, Chicago, and Louisville before I get to Charlotte. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, look, I can go on Aeroflot for $2. <laughs> Uh, do you ever wonder where our gas money goes to when you pay $4 a gallon for premium? N- nobody really knows. <laughs> it's a mystery. We'll talk about that when we come back to the Gary and Shannon show. Jane Wells sitting in. I don't understand why you're so in for Shannon. Still haven't seen my announcement from Facebook about whether or not I was one of the 87 million people. Nor I, but apparently Nick put a picture up of me wearing my uh, nudicles, which are uh, canine testicular implants, fake dog balls, which are a uh, multi-million dollar business, which we'll be talking about later. And Nick, could you have gotten any closer with the camera? What, what do you mean? I mean, you can see like well, nose got, hairs. No, it looks, you look great. Well, first, a woman of my age, right. No, no thank you. No, but you'll well, see me with a... I needed to show off the size of well, the, the nudicle. I thought they kind of popped on their own. Well, yeah. the, the earrings are chihuahua uh, jelly, jelly beans. You, yeah, so jelly you, beans. And, the, and this thumb around my neck, this is for a great day. So people ask you, you know, what are you wearing? I'll say and you, uh, Dog ball. Well, you <laughs> thought it was like from Titanic. Well, it, it looks like the heart of the ocean you're wearing. <laughs> that thing is big. Jeez. Um, yeah. I've, I've found out, yeah. unfortunately found out quite a bit about testicular implants in the last few minutes. Human so and otherwise. Next hour, we're going to get into those a little bit. Um, also, the story about Israel, finger quotes, looking the other way, Israel conducting an airstrike against a Syrian air base. They told us, they told Britain, uh, they told Russia, even though Russia says, I do not know what you're saying. 
So uh, 14 people killed, most of them Syrians, a few Iranians that were there as well, and zero Russians, amazingly. Allegedly. Base there that uh, they were quarreling all over that place, huh. and then the Cosby retrial stuff. So we'll get wait, into that. wait, wait, wait. Are yeah. you suggesting Israel warned Russia uh, so the Russians would get out? Yes, and then Russia didn't tell the Iranians. Yes, um, I kind of like that. They don't care about anybody but themselves. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about gas prices. Average gas price in uh, California has hit $3.50, I think it is. Yeah. Which means this is the highest it's been since August of 2015. And I I feel like we forget that it wasn't that long ago that gas was $2.25 a gallon in California. Yes. And it gets jacked up. Uh, apparently more, you've got that picture of me like front and center. Get rid of that. I can't oh, I stand that. I Look at that. that. That is more Jane than anybody ever. But it's only a preview though. See, see, see my, mine is just the preview oh. since I'm also one of the administrators wow, on the page. That's scary. <laughs> uh, so this interesting story in the San Diego Union Tribune, somebody is suggesting that even when you take into account all the gas taxes we pay for the various ridiculous things that we in California have to pay gas taxes for, there's still a premium of 20 or 30 cents on your average gallon that is a mystery that cannot be accounted for by federal gas taxes, state gas taxes, etc. I'm not an idiot. There are things I don't understand, like why a dog would need new testicles after you take the good because ones out. Because when he goes to lick himself, there's mm-hmm. nothing there and that bothers him. Okay? No, Continue. That's not what happens. But I have I have asked ever since I've been driving in california which is almost 30 years now why is our price of gas so much different than the rest of the country and like you said i mean there are there are blends there are gas taxes that we pay that other places don't but that doesn't explain all of it it doesn't explain why what did nick say that the national average right now is like 270 270 so we're we're 80 80 cents over that. that okay Okay, so let's this what this is alleging then is about ten cents of that. Maybe maybe fifteen, sixteen cents of that cannot be accounted for in the various uh extra taxes and the blending that we go to into, especially in summer we get a special blend. Uh and so somebody is suggesting that the attorney general of the state of California look into this. What do you think? As much as we, what does it say? We we buy forty or use forty million gallons of gas a day yeah. in the state. Why is this a mystery? Why has someone not figured out where every penny of this goes? With some wiggle room for gas station retailers to make a profit, sure. You would think maybe there's a maybe a two cent mystery premium. That's a fluctuation, but this to be as much as twenty to thirty cents a gallon, as they're suggesting here. That nobody knows. There's a lot of theories that it's refiners price fixing or that there's less competition among retailers because Shell and ExxonMobil has have divested a lot of that. I don't I just find it stunning that if this is accurate, that this could be accurate. Well, the, the only answer that comes to my mind is that is just a result of the fact that the oil companies are powerful enough that they're going to get in there and start futzing with the people who would have the power to put together studies that would figure out where that money goes or where it where the price 
premium comes from and where the money goes other than to oil companies? I think that it I don't think it's the oil companies. I think it's much like drug prices where drug prices are all over the map. It's all these middle people in the in the middle. It's the pharmacist, it's the doctor himself or herself getting all a little piece. With this you've got refiners, you have retailers, you have transport. I don't know where where the mystery gouging is going on in here. Uh, I wouldn't put it all on the oil companies because there's plenty of players in the pipeline, so to speak. But this came out of UC Berkeley, so take that with what it's worth. Well, a state committee also did the same thing. A state committee looked into the price discrepancy. They put their report into the uh, California Energy Commission last fall, and their their entire report consisted of three question marks. They have no idea either. <laughs> How can that be? Well, listen, let's go through the numbers. This is – it's not – I mean, if you were to follow along and, and sketch this out on the cocktail napkin with a, with us. Your head would blow up. In, in addition to the 18.4 cents per gallon that you pay in a federal tax, we also pay more than most when it comes to the state gas taxes. Because besides excise taxes, drivers pay for cleaner burning gasoline that costs about 10 cents a gallon more to make. There's the, the, By the way, trade that's program. a lot. I, I take question with that 10 cents a gallon. 10 cents a gallon for a cleaner burning blend I, I that that's a lot Do, well and the question is does it make a difference i don't remember la in the 60s and I 70s do. no our air is much cleaner now our air is much cleaner now okay than it was but, but if we went back to just a single blend of gasoline year round are we going to start choking as we walk down yeah. the street no it'll again? be beijing it'll be it'll be totally gross we add the cap and trade program currently adds about 12 cents a gallon California has the low-carbon fuel standard that adds about $0.07 cents a gallon. So so, uh, so at $0.07, $0.12, that's $0.19. You got another basically $0.19 there. You got $0.10, so you got $0.38. You're like at $0.48. So you're like at $0.50, cents, okay? $0.50. Cents. But we're at $0.80 cents above the national average right, right now. Yeah. Uh, they're also saying that after the February 2015 explosion at the Torrance Refinery, um, gas prices jumped as high as a buck fifty above the national average. But even after the refinery came back online, that surcharge, that mystery surcharge, remained in positive territory every month since. I, 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 as important as gasoline is in this state and to California consumers, the fact that if this is true and this has been going on and even a state commission cannot figure out where this mystery premium is going and why uh is it gas station owners is it refiners is it transportation companies is it the oil companies is it where how can we not know i don't know but i have an idea let's reelect all 120 members of the state legislature that way we don't have to talk about it you know this 19 year old in the valley is looking better and better all the time no running for assembly Uh, but he doesn't drive himself his parents drive around (laughs) Uh, when we come back, Camp Bonfire. If you're looking for a summer camp option, oh, we've got one for barf. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue. Jane Wells sitting in for Shannon today. <laughs> get jazzy on. on that flight that you get on. International. First class seat on my lap, girl. Riding comfortable. Because I know what that girl them need. New York to Haiti. I got that. Lipstick stamps on my passport, Blake. Mm. Gary get Shannon. Good music on this. Uh, I blame, Blake wins for bad. I blame Blake. Yeah. I mean, credit Blake. Yeah. Blame. No credit. Okay. Credit Blake. 
He's got his finger on the pulse of modern music, like this song that's five years old. <laughs> uh, at the top of the hour, we're going to get into what's happening, a look at what of uh, the trending stories that are going on, being shared, etc. There's a Ronda Rousey update. Uh, she Anna Connor McGregor. Oh, yeah, that's right. The world of, uh, what, what would you call it, entertaining sports or sports entertainment? Or entertaining yeah, Gladiator 2.0. Something. And we'll talk about that when we uh, we hit the top of the hour and do our What's Trending segment. But um, I was looking over this website for Camp Bonfire. kind of looks kind of cool. Really? Well, that is, if I never had parents who loved me when I was a child and didn't get to do these types of things. Or had no, or have currently have no life as a young adult and want no Correct. responsibility. Correct. You also have to be able to take time off of work to, to screw around like a kid. But hey, summer summer fun doesn't have to end when you grow up. That's their tagline. I, I don't know. I don't know why I feel like millennials need to suffer instead of have a good time all the time. Like you know, Shannon off around dancing around Thailand. No, you have to be old and angry like I am, and then you can afford to take time off to go to Thailand. <laughs> but this camp bonfire I found, uh, I really should do a story on it. It is summer camp for adults. It's out in the Poconos, and. You have archery and arts and crafts. Oh, uh, wait, wait. And booze. You're, 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 you're downplaying the arts and crafts. Can I read to you some of the things that they have listed on their website? All right. Excuse me. Let me get a, let me get a barf bag. Go All ahead. right. Uh, archery, of course. Bon- this is alphabetical order because it's important to keep things in order. Archery, bonfires, button making. What? Right there. Right there. You put a little button. A little fancy little funny sign like these are my dog balls. And you put it on your little... <laughs> Button making. Yeah, where's the dog ball, dog ball jewelry making class? <laughs> Canoeing, card printing, <sighs> embroidery, fairy houses. Wait. I guess you make a little fairy house right there next to the tree. It looks like it's, oh. I don't know. Foam sword capture the flag. <laughs> well, okay, as much as I want to mock that, mm-hmm. that actually sounds kind of fun. Friendship bracelets, giant swing, human hungry hippos. What? Should be human hungry hungry hippos. <laughs> Lawn games, lemon jousting. I can't even tell what they're doing in they're the picture. They're throwing lemons at each other. Aren't no, they? they're not throwing them. She's holding one on a wooden spoon, <laughs> but unclear why. Ping pong poetry, pool party, Quidditch. Of course. Quidditch. Yeah. Rock climbing, s'more, spicy kickball, stand up paddleboard, stone, survival skills, swimming, taekwondo, talent show, terrariums, time massage, wood burning, and yoga for all. And where's the orgy? Uh, I didn't see. See it. Maybe Where, where's the yeah, camp bonfire after dark? Maybe that's it does say bonfire, but it's uh, <clears throat> maybe it means something else. Uh, it can't, standard registration is 450 bucks. It's uh, out in the Poconos. All campers have to be over 21 because there's booze on site. I'm looking at the actual pictures lots of women, uh, lots of women, a couple of guys. Seems to be a great, a big gal thing. Um, like women who have nothing going on. Uh, yeah. Lots of face painting. Oh, boy. Uh, a little kind of line dancing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now, what I, I know what's wrong with me that I think this is stupid. I don't think there's anything wrong with you, but I, I think it's they're just... They're not understanding the irony of it, or they're or they're, over, embracing, or they're it. embracing it, yeah. but but not understanding why it is. If you were twenty five, 
you would want to go to summer camp like this. Well, and also it's sort of I never want to grow up. It's a Peter Pan kind of thing. I, I just have to read you how Travel and Leisure describes the camp and the um, the co-founder. Uh-oh, there's a co- there's a... Right, right, of course. All right. At Camp Bonfire, adults of every... We need some music for that. Okay. At Camp Bonfire, adults of every gender, age, religion, nationality, culture, and sexual orientation... Ah, they left out disability. Yep. ...are invited to come and experience summer just like they used to when they were kids. The weekend-long camp is technology-free... Campers must leave their phones at the door with their counselor (laughs) and gives everyone an opportunity to reconnect with nature and their former kid selves. Yes, by making fairy houses. Quote, summer camp is a place to have fun, relax, connect with people, enjoy nature, and try new things. We're not here to change you, fix you, cleanse you, or transform you. We think you're fantastic just the way you are. Uh, <clears throat> I had to send them an why invoice not, for that. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was very good. Uh, why not just do something like a one of those dude ranch vacations for a for a or why not go for a cleanse? Yeah, <laughs> I go to yoga camp. That's fine, also, or just a ropes course, or just hike in it's, Moab for a week. It's like or... to me, it's like something out of Napoleon Dynamite. You know, one of the greatest movies ever, by the sure. way. If you look at the pictures, and I know they're, I think they're self-aware that it's like, how silly is this? But they're embracing. Well, I have a question about the the location. I'm assuming that this is a normal summer camp, like, because there's only two sessions that you can register for. One oh, is in the middle right. of June. Right. And one is at the beginning of September. So I'm assuming this is all the other weeks of the right. summer is a kid's camp. Right. Nobody puts baby in the corner, that kind of thing, that it's at some kind of, uh, where is it? What's included? You where s- are you lodging? Where are you? You said it was in the Poconos, Lake right? O- Lake Owego, an incredible camp in the Poconos, two and a half hours from Philadelphia and New York City. Let us take care of you or drive in and park. We'll be running a coach. That must be it. Well, what camp, uh, it doesn't say what camp it uh, is taking over. While uh, while everybody else is there for the rest of the summer, so uh, they, they have had it before. This isn't the first year. I'm trying to get in here. Oh, and now I can't get back. Now it's like the philosophy. <laughs> oh my gosh, they have to have a philosophy. Oh, by the way, because it is a millennial thing, part of uh, your payment does go to a charity. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I'd rather go to more booze. That makes me feel better. That's my charity. Well, I'm sure that they probably get liquored up, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think there's the, there's definitely not a sexual vibe coming off of this. Well, at least not in the pictures that are there. Right. Although Quidditch can get pretty gamey if you're running around with a giant piece <laughs> oh of gosh. wood between your legs. Uh, by the way, it says everyone over 21, and there's a lot of people way over 21 in some of the things I'm seeing. So <laughs> just a warning. I'll take fantasy camp any day of the week. Uh, the few exceptions to their rules, to the few exceptions to you're a grown-ass adult, do what you want. Uh, adults only respect yourself and others. No technology. Skip the small... S- okay, I know you need to go. Skip the small talk. Instead, make large talk. Oh, that sounds no. lovely. No. In fact, don't talk to me at all. 
I'm camping. I'm not talking. Leave me alone. Gary and Shannon will continue with what's trending right after this. Lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Jane Wells has joined us. Yep, just eight. Uh, Shannon is uh, due back next week. She's just on vacation. At one o'clock today. <laughs> bless you. At one o'clock today, Rebecca Jarvis is going to join us for Market Mondays. Talk about a bunch of things, including the whole Facebook issue with Mark Zuckerberg due to testify tomorrow and Wednesday. I think. Yes. So uh, both of those days. He's wearing a suit on Capitol Hill. No hoodie. He's in a suit and tie. Really? No, no, there's a picture of him in a suit and tie. Yeah. I didn't recognize him. <laughs> he knows that. You know does it's serious. Have, does he just have dollar bills just hanging out of his pocket? Oh, no, no, no. He knows. He, believe me, he does not want to be there. He does not want to go through this. He's put on a suit. He's out to save the company and to uh, <laughs> limit whatever incoming regulation is going to be. We'll talk about that in the uh, 1 o'clock hour. We'll also jump into Swamp Watch at the bottom. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Well, one of the major stories internationally that is uh, the most read has to do with Syria. There was an apparent chemical weapons attack in um, in a neighborhood in Syria. Apparently, there were many people who were killed, several children. And if you've seen incredibly disturbing pictures of uh, the results of this uh, attack. The president this morning was in a cabinet meeting. It was an atrocious attack. It was horrible. You don't see things like that as bad as the news is around the world. You just don't see those images. Uh, In terms of what we are going to do about it. We are studying that situation extremely closely. We are meeting with our military and everybody else. And we'll be making some major decisions over the next 24 to 48 hours. Pretty interesting first day on the job for John Bolton. Uh, No kidding. What's interesting is the chemical that allegedly may have been used could be chlorine, which isn't like sarin. You know, it may not be banned, so to speak. Certainly this use of it would be horrific. But uh, a little bit more nuance where the Syrians are saying and the Russians are saying, no, there's no evidence of any poison gas. Well, chlorine is not, you know, is sort of standard. So that would be interesting. Uh, At the bottom of the hour, we're going to uh, check in with Jordana Miller, who is in Jerusalem, because it appears as a result of all of this, it was Israeli jets that hit the uh, Syrian airfield, although Israel has not said yes or no, yay or nay, uh, as to whether or not it was them. Well, the Cosby retrial is underway today, and it started off with quite a bang when a uh, protester attacked Attack? No. A protester... A pr- ran after jumped a barrier, ran jumped in front barrier, of him. Got right in front of the blind guy. Hey, hey, hey! Women's lives matter! Hey, hey, hey! Could they cause me right there? Hey, hey, hey! Um, we now know that that was Nicole Rochelle. Wait, you, who, you, you left out the most important part. Her knockers were hanging yeah, out? Yeah, she was not wearing a shirt. Uh, she had written in red and black all over her body, women's lives matter. She had written little, um, those were big letters. And then in smaller letters all over her front and back, she wrote the names, I guess, of some of his accusers. Correct. 
and then tried to write the word rapist on the on her back of forgot a letter forgot or two. The tea. Uh, but this woman, Nicole Rochelle, she was on the Cosby show. Yeah, as a kid. She's 38 now. Uh, and she, her IMDb, it is her. She was on the show as a kid, at least four episodes. She's also in her career, been on the Chappelle show, Law and Order and NYPD Blue. Uh, Cosby allegedly is blind now and allegedly didn't see any of it, but his attorney said it was very, uh, disrespectful of her to, uh, disrespectful to the victims to be topless as opposed to the allegations against his client and his attorney's now asking for tighter security. So no more tighter uh, security. Jobs. Yeah. I think they did fine. She was surrounded by a half dozen sheriff's deputies. She didn't get close to Yeah, she was taken down very quickly. Um, Funny thing over the weekend when on Fox News, uh, the media (laughs) analyst, Howie Kurtz, uh, was was talking with Frank Luntz about uh, Twitter habits. uh, The president calling – Frank Luntz was calling the president's use of fake news detrimental to his cause. So Howie Kurtz brings up this new poll from Monmouth University uh, that was asking about the trustworthiness of news outlets – compared to Donald Trump, uh, where it would say, who do you trust more, CNN or Donald Trump, MSNBC or Donald Trump, Fox News or Donald Trump? Now, in all of those cases, the networks were trusted more than the president. But but it was important to point out that Fox was at the bottom, bottom. of that list. So he's talking about it, uh, and um, Howie Kurtz realizes they've thrown the graphic up so everybody can see So it. if you have a visual, it says, who do you trust more? And in the networks, it says CNN at 48%, MSNBC at 45%, Fox News at 30%. This pops onto screen on Fox News. Well, uh, from Monmouth University, uh, do the media report fake news regularly or occasionally? 77% say yes. This is not the graphic we're looking for. Hold off. Take that down, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, he was reading different numbers than the graphic that they put up there. So I didn't know. Why would they even build that? Why well, would they build that thing together if they knew that that was not going to be up there? He used it in the next segment. It, it was the wrong graphic. But with the, I was just the reading a story right? about it this morning. So so the, he did go on to, to say that Fox News was at the bottom. He used that number later. Interesting. But I don't know in what context. I don't think anybody. Wow. I don't think he's very happy about that number. No, but at least uh, to their credit, somebody said this is the this is the facts of this survey, and this is we're going to put this up there. I mean, to somebody's credit at Fox, they right. said we're at the bottom of the list. You know, still got to show it. We got to show it. We're not going to lie. Ronda Rousey made her debut with uh, World Wrestling Entertainment last night. Crazy. Did a pretty good job, I guess, in her first WrestleMania match. Yeah, they they won. Her and her partner, Kurt Angle, uh, they did have their simultaneous arm bar and ankle lock submissions on Stephanie McMahon and her husband, Triple H. Show me what an arm bar is. I'll get you right. And during the break. Um, (laughs) She ended up pummeling Triple H into a corner with punches, caught his kick attempt, eventually rolled him up onto her back in a Samoan drop position. Oh, yeah, of course. She held up all 256 pounds of him, got a huge reaction. Then she later countered his powerbomb attempt with a sweet, sweet hurricane rana and the pounce on him for an arm bar. <laughs> got that? What's a sweet Rem- sweet hurricane, hurricane rana? I'll show you after you do the arm bar. Um <laughs> She was wearing a Rowdy Roddy Piper jacket. She oh, wore like her. a half top that said uh, Rowdy on the front of it, which was fun. Good. Um, reminds me, if you want to go back in the time machine here a second, the time I interviewed Ronda Rousey. Yes, it was early in the morning, West Coast time. She was in New York. 
Oh, and apparently, so it wasn't early. Nobody told her that we were going to be calling her so early in the morning. Arguably the most dominant athlete in the history of MMA and UFC. Rhonda, good morning to you. Good morning. Oh, come on. It can't be that early. Uh, apparently it was that early because I went on to ask her about Hulk Hogan, about meeting him the first time. That's that early because I'm, I'm on the East Coast. No. It's, Wait, been, it's been quite a, quite a week, man. Yeah, no, there it is. I saw him at WrestleMania, but he was, uh, <laughs> he, was out, he was out rappling and I couldn't talk to him. Okay. I don't ask for much. No. Uh, Just wake up before the interview. Well, you Not know. Not during the interview. <clears throat> proof that uh, she really didn't care. Um, do we know anything about Conor McGregor? He has finally, he and his father tweeted out a picture after his, okay, he's been officially now stripped. Vince McMahon, uh, Vince McMahon, Dana White, let me get back to UFC, <laughs> was going to, said he was letting it lapse in the, and the fight Saturday night where the Russian guy won. was Nurmagomedov. But he officially stripped him of having, having the title. Uh, he's still going to be charged for throwing some whatever he did and injuring some UFC fighters Friday. But he posted on uh, social media a picture of him and his father saying, DNA, it's who we are. Okay, great. When we come back, not only do you get a chance to win $1,000 brought to you by Cunning Dental, if you got a toothache, call Cunning Dental for a free exam, 888-640-SMILE. We are going to be talking about nudicles and the, the history of... Canine, canine testicular implants, which apparently some humanoids have been using because they're cheaper than they. Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells in for Shannon. Fake balls. Gary and Shannon. And your chance to win $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. If you win, they'll give you a call. But if you don't answer that phone call, well, they'll move on to somebody else who is going to win. Someone like Fred in Anaheim who won $1,000. Your next chance to win comes up one hour from now and then also all the way through the John and Ken show up until 7 o'clock tonight, first hour of the Conway show. Giving away $1,000 an hour. I'm glad people are still named Fred. <laughs> I had an Uncle Fred. That was the last. There's not a lot of Freds. No, there's not a lot of Freds. Not anymore. Somebody, Maybe it'll come back. My wife always says that she can't, that my name, she doesn't, Gary. doesn't think of somebody naming a baby Gary. Yeah, there's no like Gerald. There's no, that would be Jerry. No, you're just Gary. That's it. There should be like a Gerald. Harry is Harold. Jerry is Gerald. Gerald. That's what I'm going to call you. Excellent. Um, Did you realize how much meat your dog eats? This is amazing from Bloomberg. As much as 30% of all meat consumption in America goes to the 184 million dogs and cats. And if American pets were in a sovereign nation, it would be the fifth in global meat consumption. So the, the story was about this vegan kibble startup in Berkeley, of course, <laughs> trying to help, uh, I don't know, reduce the uh, uh, greenhouse gases from all the cow belching that for the cows or horses or sure. whatever slaughtered for them. Uh, I, dog. I just don't know if this is a – I mean, if cats and dogs were – they're built to eat Protein. meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it really safe for us to start 
tinkering with uh, oh i think uh, you know in california i'm sure people give their kid their pets vegan diets all the yeah, time but I, that's what we do here but I we mean, uh, and when we take train? their testicles we replace them why is this a thing so i do this thing strange success yeah and uh one that will be coming out in may i went and shot in kansas city a couple weeks ago this guy named greg miller is a multimillionaire. Because 20 years ago, he was always kind of a tinkerer. He had Buck, his bloodhound. Buck was getting a little aggressive. He didn't want to have to neuter him, but he decided, uh, he, he keeps running away. I think I need to neuter him. So he went to the vet, and he said, this is killing me that I have to neuter him. Don't you have something that you can put in there so that uh, when he'll look normal and when he goes to lick himself, he'll feel whole? Yeah, the vet looked at him <laughs> just like you're looking at me right now. So he went home and he said, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make it, fix it, get it. So he created nuticles. They are the ones I'm, I, uh, the original ones were made of hard plastic and they, they clacked too much when the dogs would run around with them. So he now makes them out of kind of solid, flexible silicone. So he turned the old plastic ones that he still had into jewelry, which is what I'm wearing, which I wore these to Stop playing East, with it. Easter dinner. Did you really? Yeah. Also, guys, like I like your earrings. So let me tell you about these earrings. These are fake chihuahua balls. So um, he has sold over the last 20 years uh, 500,000 pairs, or as my husband says, a million balls. Sure. He uh, makes uh, he sells them for cats, for horses. He made a custom pair for an elephant with testicular cancer. Oh, <laughs> He's convinced it will help people neuter their dogs because, for one, their dogs will, for people who have a problem with their dogs not having their balls, which I don't have a problem with, but they, they, they won't have a problem now. And he's convinced the dogs care. Now, uh, you have a male dog. I do. Is he neutered? Yeah. Do you care? Do I care? Do you, no. Do you think when he goes down there to lick himself, he goes, what will happen? No. I mean, I felt bad when he was drugged for the week afterwards, after the surgery, but that's because I felt bad because he was sluggish and lethargic. Not because they took his nards away. Well, some people do have a problem with that. In fact, the Kardashians bought a pair. He told, and he said it was they bought the cheapest pair. By the way, I said, well, how do you think they got so rich? They don't buy top dollars. I just for understand dog that balls. mentality. I mean, I love my dog. Don't get me wrong. I don't care that he doesn't have nuts. Well, the big issue is now they are not FDA approved for humans. But you did a little research. Now, I the did. average pair of nudicles costs around three hundred dollars. So he he's he does a few million in revenues a year. That's yeah. for dogs, $300. There was a guy who wrote on Vice uh, about testicular uh, cancer, and a friend of his had gone through uh, being diagnosed with testicular cancer in 2001 and was always a funny guy, tried to deal with it with humor, and said that there was a doctor who gave him a pamphlet for nudicles, for the animal version, but that there are testicular prostheses. Right. Somewhere between $2,500 and $3,500. See, so for 10% of that, you can get non-FDA-approved dog balls, which have never been rejected by a single dog, he says, or cat. Uh, and there have been some cases, he believes, where people bought them, air quotes, for their dog right. when they have suffered from testicular cancer and saved themselves a boatload of money. I don't know if that's where you want to cut quarters, so to speak. <laughs> I, I want to ask the men. Nick, Blake. Nudicles, do you think it's important? Do you think a male dog knows, cares? I, I don't think they care. I don't think it makes any I difference. I think it's no. a, maybe aesthetically pleasing for the owner more 
more so than the dog. Yeah, but, but if you're if you're spending that much time worrying about what your dog looks like, down, I find it downstairs. Then you're displeasing. Like, displeasing, yeah. Oh, 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 you, oh you don't like looking at them. Mm-hmm. You don't like their. Not really a hobby of mine. No. <laughs> Here's what I love about it and why I love the Strange Success franchise. This guy's found a market. He created something that people wanted, that they think their dogs want. It has made him wealthy. He's created jobs along the line. Uh, he's got a brand new Mercedes, so the Mercedes salesman made money. He's got a cigar collection, which you would be unbelievable. Uh, and now he lives. Buck is long gone. He now has Humphrey the Bulldog, who I saw in person, great dog, and who is, you would never know. You would never know. I got to look at Humphrey's jewels, and you would never know. How close a look. Yeah. Uh, Close enough. Gary and Shannon will continue. Jane Wells is in. We'll come back with Swamp Watch uh, and go to Jerusalem and talk what's going on in Syria next. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon. Well, we're waiting for uh, some word out of Washington, D.C., what the American response is going to be to this apparent gas attack in Syria, chemical attack, somewhere in the eastern suburbs of Damascus from over the weekend. We also know that uh, U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley is expected to make some comments at the U.N. here in just a few minutes, as a matter of fact. But uh, the president did say there would be a big price to pay after this suspected attack that killed uh, at least 40 people in that in that assault, including families found in their homes and shelters, uh, according to rescuers who were there on the, on scene. Jordana Miller is in Jerusalem right now and is standing by with um, some of the latest. Have we heard yet officially from the Israeli government if it was their airplanes who hit the Syrian airfield? We have not. Uh, you know, even though we know that Israel has carried out dozens of strikes in Syria over the last six years, They've only gone public on two occasions, and really because they were forced to. Uh, in one case, because uh, an F-16 was shot down. In another case, because the area, the Aero Patriot was scrambled to uh, hit a Syrian uh, missile that was coming into Israel because it was in a scuttle with a Israeli fighter jet. So, you know, in general, Israel doesn't say anything, and in this case, they are not saying anything as well. Uh, but if we take a step back, there's certainly uh, this a strike looks, has the hallmark, hallmarks of an Israeli strike. And Israel did go public. Uh, it had to two months ago when it hit this exact same base in February. Uh, it was uh, done in retaliation for what Israel said was an Iranian drone that entered Israeli airspace. Uh, I'm curious, How out of character would it be for Israel to proactively strike for something that was not involving Israel? This was an attack against uh, a rebellious stronghold within Syria. There was no Israeli twist on this. How unusual would it be that they would take this sort of action in a case like this? Right. Well, the question there is, was this strike actually connected or any kind of reaction to the alleged Syrian chemical strike. And uh, it's very unclear, and likely it was not connected. Um, Perhaps Israel 
if it was behind this attack, decided uh, this was an opportune time mm. uh, to strike. But there's many reasons that base concerns Israel, uh, which has nothing to do with chemical weapons. Uh, I've had a senior uh, Israeli generals describe this base as a hub of Iranian activity uh, with hundreds of uh, revolutionary guards there. They believe it's also a transport depot for advanced weapons. Uh, and, uh, you know, Israel has drawn a new red line over the last number of months that not only will they attack uh, weapon transfers, they will now strike uh, what they believe are Iranian efforts to entrench and build their military presence in Syria. Of course, as the, as the war there seems to be winding down, Israel's concern is that Iran will set up uh, bases uh, along uh, along uh, the southern Syria, which will pose a new threat to Israel's northern border. Jordana Miller's in Jerusalem talking to us about the, uh, the uh, airstrike against an airbase in Syria. I didn't realize this um, until I saw your information that these F-15s, the Israeli F-15s, were still in Lebanese airspace when they launched these missiles. Is that significant that they didn't actually cross into Syrian airspace? That is actually a very typical uh, route for the strikes in Syria. Uh, often the Israeli fighter jets, um, we've discovered from the two cases that we hear about and then those that are talked about sometimes uh, off the record. But the flight plan is through Lebanon, and they often do not enter Syrian airspace. They are often launched from Lebanese territory. Fourteen people apparently killed Iranians and Syrians, no Russians, tellingly. Do you, would it be typical, do you think, for Israel to notify the Russians so that they could vacate the property? Well, this is the surprising part of this story. Uh, you know, we would expect Syria to accuse Israel of this attack and Lebanon, which they did. But it was the Russians who came out and kind of outed Israel uh, very early on. Uh, we know from uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin's spokesperson that the Russians were not notified by Israel before this attack. And Russia and Israel have a mechanism to communicate uh, because they're both uh, operating in Syria. Uh, and and the, Ru the Russians seem angry because, of course, some Russian military advisors uh, could have been at this base, and even uh, Russia's other bases are close by. So Russia seems to be, the response seems to indicate they are angry with Israel. Has the Iron Dome been deployed? What's the situation in Jerusalem now? Is everybody preparing for some sort of response? Well, you know, analysts here don't believe that Syria will respond um, along the northern border uh, from this attack, uh, at least not now. Uh, the Iron Dome has been deployed in the south uh, because, of course, we've seen those really violent mass Palestinian protests for two Fridays in a row. Yes. We expect more of them. So if uh, rockets start to become part of those protests, the Iron Dome batteries are there. All right, Jordana, excellent stuff. Thank yeah, you for thank your time. You. Thank you. Jordana Miller there in uh, in Jerusalem. She mentioned that Israel has has conducted several airstrikes. I didn't realize that the number was well over 100. In the last six years, Israel has struck Syria more than 100 times, targeting a lot of the times suspected weapons convoys that were destined for, uh, for Hezbollah over in Lebanon, but also going after uh, Iranian 
like this this air base, which happened to be home to, I guess, uh, some Iranian drone. Meantime, the International Criminal Court says the situation in Gaza, where she says the Iron Dome is uh, deployed, that Israel could potentially be uh, accused of war crimes in the way it's handled that. I do find it interesting that that if, in fact, the Russians weren't told uh, ahead of time, and yet they somehow managed to not be there, uh, but their anger suggests that maybe they really weren't told. Or are they protesting too much? It just seems a little too convenient for them to protest. And I mean, they, they still have to coordinate. I think Israel would still have to coordinate if, in fact, it was in the air at the time. I see what you you're know, saying. So how could they not? Over, you know? Well, or over, depends on which airspace they're in. Hmm. What do we know? I don't know. Suit, Brian Obviously. Suits right now is shouting at yes. his radio. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Brian is actually going to be in tomorrow. Thank goodness. Yeah, so uh, so we get to do the show with him, um, and you get to fly away somewhere. I'm flying to go. Okinawa for my son's wedding. Okay. Well, we don't have to rub it in. Gary and Shannon will continue. <laughs> Jane Wells is in for uh, in for Shannon today. We'll continue Swamp Watch. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Gary and Shannon. Some uh, Swamp Watch stuff to... Tie up some loose ends here, but we also have some uh, some breaking news out of uh, the Hollywood hashtag MeToo movement uh, that we'll get to in just a couple of minutes. Um, some of the D.C. stuff, though, Environmental Protection Agency Administrator, uh, Administrator Scott Pruitt, that's his name, uh, is having a hard time impressing anybody in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Even Republicans. Even Republicans. And I know John Kennedy is not a very Republican name, but Senator John Kennedy is a Republican from Louisiana. Implored Scott Pruitt to quote, stop acting like a chucklehead. Stop leading with your chin. These are unforced errors. They are stupid. There are a lot of problems we can't solve, but you can behave. I love it. I don't, uh, I don't mean to denigrate Mr. Pruitt, but doggone it. He represents the president of the United States and he's hurting his boss and needs to stop. Wait, you went, I, you went, I went from Louisiana over oh, Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. Kennedy. Oh, I get it. I get, get it. It, it was like good. a it was a Louisiana-Massachusetts accent. Very good. Thank you. Uh, uh, Lindsey Graham also. He says, "Yeah, well, who can, you know, gee, do we want a Republican to say something negative about the president and administration? Let's get call it. Lindsey Graham. Oh, he's not available. Let's call John McCain. <laughs> and he's not feeling well. Yeah. Now we have John Kennedy. Yeah. All right. Uh, Trump is increasingly weary of his staff advice. This is an AP story. Uh, he's increasingly at odds." And growing wise to their tactics. So here's what he's learned that they're pulling on him. One favored strategy, according to the AP, guide the president to the right decision by making the conventional choice seem like the only realistic option. Except Trump is on to them. For example, uh, they were going to have their national security team last week have a classified meeting. They're uh, advocating an ongoing U.S. military presence in Syria. Uh, so the the strategy was this, according to ten current and former White House officials who talk to the AP. Who who are these people? There's by the ten way? of them now. I uh, probably one of them's named Donald Trump. But anyhow, uh, the strategy is they would paint a dire picture of a pullout of regional chaos benefiting Russia and Iran and potential resurgence of ISIS. But even before they could begin their pitch in that meeting on Tuesday, Trump headed them off, saying he wanted to remove U.S. troops immediately. So he's on to them. You people aren't fooling me. Stop talking with all your arguments. (laughs) 
I know what I want. I want. I want. I want. I want to be out. Well, this is this. I wonder if this has much to do with the uh, the stories that have come out. Whether it was National Guard at the border, uh, trade tariffs, um, even the pullout, uh, military pullout with Syria, that the president says these things, and then everybody at the White House or Pentagon or whatever agency is then forced to backfill the information about. Oh well, yes, um, we are going to deploy. The National Guard, just like he said. How many? I we're, we're working on the numbers, but somewhere between one and say five million, somewhere yeah. in there. No, he's had. He never liked this whole thing. He's like, screw it. He doesn't have Hope Hicks any there anymore. She was the Trump whisperer is gone. He's like, screw it. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm tweeting at three o'clock in the morning. You people deal with it. Well, I'm because in. In the corporate world, that's what he's used to doing, isn't it? I mean, well, in could, his corporate world, true. But but I mean, he could be on the fifty fifth floor of the Trump Tower without and, sprinklers and just say, may, "Buy that building in London," right? And then the people scramble and do what the boss says, or change this, right? Or we're getting out of there, or right. we're going to do this. So so this, I, I mean, I I don't know if that's a I don't know if it's one of these things where, like you were saying on Friday, it's totally different than what we're used to. It's like nothing we've ever seen before in the White House. It it works. I mean, just in terms of what we know about politics, it works completely opposite the way it should. But there may be an effectiveness to it that yeah. is sort of the, the silver lining in, in what turns out to be a PR nightmare for people. I just feel like all these world leaders – don't know what to make of him, think they have him figured out, and then they don't. And a lot of them are thinking, well, let's just get through 2020. No, let's just get through 2024. We have a new world we have to deal with. A new Because he's the most powerful person on the planet. Uh, we're still the most powerful country in the world. I, I hope our nukes don't get put to the test because we'll find out how well they do or don't work. Uh, and so they're like, all right, we've got to deal with this guy. And maybe, maybe we'll get a few good things out of it. Uh, but then after 2024, we'll do what we always do, where we elect somebody completely different. We'll vote for Mike Pence. I don't know. <laughs> the Democrats have no bench right now, by the way. Uh, it's I, Eric Garcetti. It's not. It's, oh, does, isn't going to play well. Wouldn't he? He doesn't play well in Riverside County. He's not going to get any further east of, uh, you know, <laughs> outside Cal Poly. Of, outside of Upland, he's not Cal Poly do Pomona. Very well. Uh, all right, so let me let's just do a quick uh, a reset of what we know about this James Toback case out of um, out of the DA's office. The Hollywood Reporter and a couple of other uh, ABC agent, News, ABC, they're all reporting that the DA's office here in LA County has declined to prosecute five of the cases brought forth against writer and director James Toback, whom I lovingly referred to as the khaki spackler. You oh, you just—I didn't think you were going to say that. Why not? Oh, all right. His name. I didn't do it. He did it. Uh, he was the guy who would make you look in his eyes while he played with his little Jimmy, and he would rub up against their the women's legs. Touch my nipples and look into my eyes until until the cat doesn't matter. If anybody ever deserved nudicles, <laughs> but there were. I was trying to figure out the number. It's somewhere between, and I'm not joking. Somewhere between three and four hundred women have accused James Toback of 
395 women contacted the Los Angeles Times about him. 395. Now, we don't know how many cases the Beverly Hills Police Department and the LAPD put forward to the DA's office to prosecute or to investigate. Five cases they have dismissed, uh, I think mostly for our statute of limitations have run out, and one, the alleged victim, never showed up. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. Again, the key is we don't know exactly how many cases were brought against it. him. So, that might be it. Or that the ones they do have or did have. Khaki Spackler could be, you know. A free man. When we come back, Rebecca Jarvis is going to join us. We're talk about Market Monday and some Facebook stuff next on Gary and Shannon. Yep, not Shannon. Wrapping up the show today. Jane Wells in for Shannon. Yep. On a plane tomorrow. Yep. Going to see the uh, the boy get married. Yeah. To a beautiful woman, Hikaru Saito, who will be, well, I'm not going to say our, my legal last name. <laughs> but my son Jack's getting married. She'll be your daughter-in-law. How's that? She'll be my daughter-in-law. And uh, I'm taking Japanese at Moore Park College. <laughs> Watashi wa nihan ni ikimasu. What that means, but it sounds great. I'm going to Japan. In the uh, in the wake of the Harvey Weinstein scandal, um, almost 400 women lodged some complaint or another against James Toback, writer and director. The L.A. County D.A.'s office says that it has declined to prosecute five of the cases brought forth against him. Apparently, uh, this was this was. We, we don't know how many there were no, submitted, but these five have, will not be let, prosecuted. Let me just say this. USA Today is saying decline to file criminal charges in any of the five cases they were referred. This makes it sound like they were only referred in those five, five cases. Well, in one case, they said the victim failed to appear for an interview. That's on hold technically because she could still come forward in the future. But the other, the four others were beyond the statute of limitations. This is, by the way, James Toback, the guy who would make you look at him while he did his own pleasuring. Yeah, uh, Oscar-nominated writer for Bugsy. Stars like Rachel McAdams, Selma Blair, Julianne Moore, and Ellen Pompeo said, uh, you know, things like, yeah, yeah look, watch, watch. Yeah. And then I'm, uh, he would cackle his or spackle his khaki. Spackle, spackle. <laughs> he would spackle his khakis while they were just, just disgusting. And Spacky. And there were so many women. There were literally hundreds of women that came forward with similar allegations. But nothing is stuck. So in the eyes of the law, he is 100% not guilty. Uh, uh, the top story that we're going to hear for the next few hours, of course, is that the FBI has raided the office of Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen. Uh, CNN was saying these may they may have taken documents pertaining to Stormy Daniels. No. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the reason that he's been in the in the headlines lately. And the well, but, you know, he is his personal attorney. So there could be a lot. A lot you don't. Who knows? This, who knows? Well, yeah, but then it goes back to what you were asking before. Isn't isn't a lot of that communication between he and his client, in right. this case, the president? Wouldn't those be privileged communications? Right. So what could they? Well, maybe his communications between himself and Stormy Daniels, those are not privileged. And maybe he got some uh, Mueller got something along the way. But his Cohen's attorney is claiming he took they took privileged communications. Maybe right. they took everything. They take a computer. 
And everybody well, saw the computer. And then the question is, couldn't they? Well, I guess they couldn't. I was going to say they could they use it, but not admit it into court as evidence. They, I don't know. Can you even look at it? You can you when you're scanning the emails and you see an email to Donald J. Trump? Can you even open it? I yeah. can't. I, how can that be? No, I don't know I don't these things. Can. This doesn't sound right. Uh, all right, well, let's end the show. Let's have a, a drink. Let's, this is a good story. Yeah, I need a drink. There is a Russian senator, uh, an ally of President Putin, who is bad mouthing. <laughs> by the, the way, that's why he's a senator. But go ahead, <laughs> Senator Alexei Pushkov uh, <laughs> says that uh, the Queen loves drinking and treats drinking like a ceremony. Okay, first of all, yes, Russian, do not yeah. throw vodka bottles. Those who live in glass vodka bottles should not throw stones. But he says uh, that, you know, this is all the Brits are saying is retribution for the Brits claiming that Russia tried to poison the ex-spy. Uh, before well, this, is a, this is a strange way to I go know, about getting I know. Evil. Your queen's a drunk. Uh, before dinner, she drinks a cocktail made from gin and another based on wine with ice and lemon. Okay, so she's two drinks before dinner. Okay, but wine with ice and lemon, no. Uh, after the meal, she has a glass of wine and a bar of chocolate. I'm in on that. Okay, three drinks. And she drinks a dry martini. Okay, four drinks. And at the end of the day, she likes to drink cool champagne. All right, so five drinks. She's 91 years old. If, uh, if her liver can take it, then let her have it. Uh, I want to be her. <sighs> they it, also talked about the, the prime minister, about Theresa May and her brandy <laughs> habit, that... Uh, the secret was the way she cupped her glass, warming the contents rather than holding the stem. A wine expert says you'll get drunk, you'll get drunk quicker. And it's not just, it's just not pleasant. It means that May got used to another kind of glass for cognac. I don't, I don't under, you know what, what is not pleasant about warming your brandy no no she's saying that she was holding her wine while warming oh, it up she oh, shouldn't have been you're oh. not supposed to hold the, the oh, you've oh. been drinking wrong the whole time <laughs> you hold the stem so that your your wine we doesn't have, reach body temperature we have those wine glasses without stems and my son calls them arrogant wine glasses oh are you going to have your arrogant wine glasses tonight Why is that arrogant? what do you mean because it we're hipsters looks... it's just a you haven't seen the wine no, no. glasses without the stems? I, I think I have some if I'm if I'm thinking of the same thing. Yeah, they're just like a glass without a stem. Okay, yeah. He says they're arrogant. Why? Uh, because we're snooty wine snobs for buying special wine glasses. Or you drink stems. the wine fast enough. It doesn't matter where you hold it. But apparently I'm warming it and it's unpleasant. According to these people. The Russians. Um, the uh, A senior Tory member of parliament, Bernard Jenkins, said the absurd comments were aimed at undermining... Uh, like you said, our or ours, the British claim that Russia tried to kill their <laughs> well, ex-wife. I mean, ours too, yeah, but they're yeah. the ones who are on the front lines of this sort of thing. Uh, look, the Queen's ninety-one years old. She'll outlive us all. She's outlived all of them. She's outlived Stalin, Cruz, Jeff, everybody. Gorbachev's still alive. Do you watch that show, The Crown? Oh, I love it. Do they show her drinking at all? Uh, but, I mean, it's well, obviously when she was much younger. But I don't know if they. No, not. Not so much, no. But of course, they're getting a whole new cast now that Claire Foy cannot have equal pay for the or make more money than. No, it's because she's it's twenty years on, isn't it? They've, yeah, they're no, they're making her no, older no. queen. Right, right. No, no. We're gonna get we're gonna get a little Diana in this next one. But apparently, Helena Bonham Carter plays uh, Princess Margaret in the oh, new. Oh, that'll be good. Aren't you excited, John? Can't you wait? You can't wait to watch the Crown. What? What, what is that? 
<laughs> the Russians are accusing Queen Elizabeth of uh, having five drinks a day, five drinks a night. Well, she's got nothing to do. Well, right. yeah. Uh, the royalty is stupid. <laughs> it's the single most so, stupid concept. So you're out on the royal wedding next month is what you're well, saying. Gives up poop. I bet, <laughs> I bet your wife's going to get up and watch it. Well, and that's, that's her issue. As long as she doesn't wake me up. What do you guys have coming up? Uh, right after the news, we've got Aaron Katursky uh, on reporting from the Cosby trial. Because oh, of that uh, crazy half-naked lady running around with good. all the uh, list of uh, victims yeah. scrawled all over her body. So. And a, a former Cosby Show actress. She appeared on the show. Yeah. yeah. Well, times. yeah, maybe he had a, she had a run-in. Yeah. Oh, so to speak. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. John and Ken up next. Jane, thank you very much. You're welcome. Travel Thanks. safe. Thank you for the bottle of wine, Gary. You're welcome. Brian Suits in tomorrow on the Gary and Shannon Show. Stay dry, everybody. Listen, ladies, it's been real and it's been fun. But has it been real fun? Mm-mm. Nope. Gary and Shannon. It's Market Monday on Gary and Shannon. Because everyone loves money. And alliteration sounds great on the radio. Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells in for Shannon today. What is that? What do you mean, what is that? That's that's Facebook Live. Facebook Live right there that oh, you no, see looks Rebecca like Perisco- on. That's, isn't that Periscoping? No. Oh, it's Facebook Live. Facebook oh, okay. Live. Rebecca um, Jarvis! Rebecca Jarvis is joining us. I love Rebecca Jarvis! <laughs> okay, you guys... Hey, success podcaster. Thank you. Well, you know, we have both broken ground in the podcast uh, medium, which is fascinating. <laughs> You're doing very, very well. By the way, I see you are using Facebook Live, so you have not quit, nor has No Limits quit Facebook. Yeah, there, there's no delete here. Uh, do you so to boost things? Obviously, does Facebook have your personal like credit card or or information like that? And ha- have you considered? Did you ever consider quitting the FB? So, full disclosure, my Facebook page is a professional page and only a professional. You page. don't have a secret private so one just for friends. I do not have a secret. What do they call it? Uh, what do the kids call it these days? There's some like secret. You have your secret. Uh, your <laughs> oh, your your fake, fake Insta, Finsta. Yeah. Finsta. Yeah, I don't have a Finsta out there. I don't have a, a fake Facebook or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I, right now, I I like the conversation, the fact that Facebook enables me to have a two-way conversation and especially do these Facebook Live videos. Yep. So I'm sticking with it. How about you? Uh, I have a professional page, and then I have a strange success page I do, and none, and but then I have a personal page. Uh, which allegedly is private, but uh, probably isn't. But on my professional page, they do. I do have my credit card in there because I occasionally want to pay for seven days to boost a post. Yep. And that um, I've thought uh, I'm one of these people like, you know how to do something about that. And five years passes and, uh, you know, somebody in, am... in Romania took all my money. Yeah, totally. I love how we cover these stories, but do we actually implement oh, them in our real can, life? Do you know, this is what's so funny, although you certainly don't fall into this category. No, would I say most of my care coworkers at CNBC, but it is funny how many people in our business uh, probably can't balance their own checking account. Yeah, funny or scary. I don't know. <laughs> well, how <laughs> neither can the US by the way. We can't balance our Oh wait, yes. Before we get into uh before we get into that part about uh, us not balancing our checkbooks, how did we end up with the markets today? We ended just fractionally higher um and stocks really lost momentum in those final moments of trade. In fact, if you really looked over the last hour, um all of that early optimism 
really left. And and I think there's a couple of, of pieces to this story. I mean, there was this New York Times report um, that came out. I don't know if you guys have been reporting it there, um, but the report about Trump's lawyer um, in the New York Times. Did you guys? No. I, I just yet? saw this before the top of the hour. It okay, said that yeah. the so federal- agents raided Michael Cohen's office. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so that came out literally minutes before the close. But I think there's, I to, to me, if you're watching this market, what's been going on in the backdrop of this market are a handful of pretty major uncertainties. One, you have uh, the China, the trade war question. Um, two, you have all of these tech names. Facebook is on the hill this week. Mark Zuckerberg is on the hill this week. And that's not just a Facebook story. This is a, a tech story. If if the conversation becomes what information can these companies and, it, you know, Facebook, Google, Amazon, what kind of data can they collect on their users? If that's where the conversation goes and not just a question of do you have the right security measures, then that is an existential question for all of these uh, technology companies going forward. And then, of course, we're in this new environment of rising interest rates where we've been living now for the last decade almost of rock-bottom interest rates. And the reality is that's not the way of the world anymore, and that has some impact. There was also this uh, CBO report. Yeah, that just came out towards the close of the market, which says we're going the, the budget now, because the tax cut is not going to be offset by growth, Right. According to their analysis, the the de- budget, the deficit, excuse me, is going to be one point six trillion dollars larger than previously projected. And in 10 years, our national debt will equal 96 percent of GDP. Yeah, that, that's, that's incredible. Debts are a claim on future growth. When you have exploding debt, that means you have exploding interest payments, which especially in a, in, in a world of rising interest rates, which means you have less money to spend on any kind of project that would generate growth, which is the concern that a report like this raises uh, for the market. And 2028, that, that figure that you just mentioned, our national debt, a decade from now, is equal to our GDP based on this CBO report. That's that like a, a third world country kind of situation where your 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 debt equals your output. Yeah, exactly. So near term, has there been something of a gain? Yes, this report says that. But in the long run, the concern is at that point, especially down the road at that point, where's the silver bullet coming from then? Is all of this what why we're seeing so much volatility since the beginning of this year? It feels like there hasn't been a day where we haven't been up three or four hundred points or down three or four hundred points. I would, I'm curious to know what Jane thinks, but I think it's an interesting uh, juxtaposition. When you look at last year at this time, it was like the market could not care less about a single headline. There was almost zero headline risk, whereas now every single headline becomes a risk to the market. And all of a sudden, the tech names that were so important in uh, driving the markets higher are now the big question. All of a sudden, um, the, the the tax plan, which was perceived as a benefit initially, is now potentially a massive cost based on the CBO report. So I think that there's a lot of sort of what I would have called underlying realities and major questions that I was wondering about last year. And I kept saying, when is the market going to sort of take account for these things? Now it's like hyperbolic the way that the market accounts for all of this. I think that makes sense. I think for me, there was such a run up last year. People are looking for any excuse to take profits because most people are in 
you know, in the black on their investments. And so they're looking for reason to take some money off the table. But I also think especially the tech names were all up today, but they're all down a little bit after market. And I just think we're going to get some regulation that there they will be to an extent. Some of these platforms regulated, um, not like a utility, but regulation is coming and that's going to stifle growth. So if you own shares in those companies, they're not going to be as valuable as they were, though, net net, um, depending on what kind of regulations come. And usually I would be, oh, who needs regulations? I think that that we could end up with a safer, more trust building uh, social media world. It's never going to be safe. Come on, people. But it'll be uh It'll be better, and at least we can stop having Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg apologizing all the time as, as rather than asking for permission ahead of time. Well said, James. Yes, well. <laughs> Excellent. Excuse me while I get off my soapbox. Uh, by the way, you can uh, you can watch uh, Rebecca. She's in her office today, but we can watch her on Facebook Live. Uh, just look for Rebecca Jarvis on Facebook, and you'll see her there. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, some of those tech stocks that Jane was referencing, but also some Bitcoin news to tell you about, okay? Awesome. awesome. Yay, Rebecca Jarvis. Jarvis. When we continue, also your chance to win $1,000 coming up, brought to you by Cunning Dental. If you got a toothache or a taco ache, call Cunning Dental for a free exam. 888-640-SMILE. Keep listening. Your chance to win is coming up in a few minutes. I am the hunter into the world we go. Your chance to win $1,000 right now. Here's how you're going to do it. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Just like Amanda in Yukaipa won $1,000 not too long ago, she answered the phone when they called. It might be from a number you don't recognize. But if you don't answer, then move on to somebody who will answer. you got a chance to win $1,000 an hour. So next hour, during the first hour of the John and Ken Show, all the way up through the 7 o'clock hour, first hour of the Conway Show, we're giving away $1,000 an hour. A couple of uh, stories that are just getting legs, and we'll talk more about them before the end of the show. But the New York Times is reporting that the FBI has now raided the office of longtime Trump personal lawyer Michael Cohen, uh, which is significant because Michael Cohen was supposedly the guy who paid Stormy Daniels $130,000. This is not connected to the special counsel, although they're saying that it was likely a referral from the special counsel's office that led the U.S. attorney to going after Michael Cohen to check into all of this. So uh, there it's... Her attorney, Stormy Daniels' attorney, is already tweeting about it. An enormous amount of misplaced faith has been placed on Michael Cohen's shoulders, in my opinion. If he does not hold up, this could end very badly for Donald J. Trump. <laughs> okay. Newsflash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're talking with Rebecca Jarvis, though, uh, who is the uh, all-kind-of correspondent. I mean, there's a whole list of things that you do for ABC News, uh, including standing out in the freezing cold for Good Morning America, which I saw last week. It's true. It's been so cold all over the the northeast so you're basically going to be cold if you're on uh, good morning america it's only going to be 92 did you see today, it though so. at the a uh, washington game yesterday they were all like in uh, oh the, they're the, freezing they, yeah they're freezing uh, yeah I, I don't get it how people live like that but, uh, <sighs> you guys are so lucky i have to go drive down my earthquake. palm tree lined street to get all the way home earthquake brush fire uh, slide. <laughs> there's, there's all that Traffic. uh tech stocks Taxes. uh <laughs> some of these tech stocks that we saw um, led this rally early today, but um, we're not quite sure. I mean, it seemed like everything sort of reversed course over the last few minutes of trading today. 
Yeah, things did really fizzle. And, you know, we talked about the CBO report, but there's also, like I said, I think that I think Mark Zuckerberg's testimony, and I think that a lot of Wall Street is waiting to see not so much what Mark says, but how the regulators and lawmakers come at this. Because if this becomes more than just a question of security, and Facebook has said they've increased their security. They had 10,000 people hired for security at the start of this year. By the end of this year, they'll have 20,000 people. But if this story becomes more about the fundamental question of how a company like Facebook, which is behaving like every other company right now, collects information and stores that information and uses that information, if that's the direction that this this uh, questioning goes, then I think that has a a much greater impact. Jane was talking pre, um, before the break about regulations. Regulations are very likely coming. The degree of those regulations are going to have, I think, the much greater consequence. If those regulations are saying you can no longer um, collect this kind of information or um, people have to be protected differently and have to sign off on, let's say, in, instead of an opt-in, or, or rather an opt-out, everything has to be opted in, that's going to change how people behave, and it could also change how this company makes money and how so many others, Google, uh, Alphabet, um, uh, Amazon, how these companies are making money. Well, speaking of something that doesn't have a lot of regulation, cryptocurrencies, <laughs> I mean, they just plummeted today. Bitcoin uh, is now at $6,600. It's just in the last month down 26%. Litecoin's down 37% in a month. Ethereum down 44%. Uh, these cryptocurrencies are are tanking. There was an interesting story on CNBC.com that Tom Lee uh, at Fundstrat uh, Global Advisors thinks that a lot of people are cashing out to meet their capital gains taxes on their cryptocurrency trades over the last year. That the U.S. Whole households, just in the U.S., he estimates, likely owe $25 billion in capital ta- gains taxes just for their cryptocurrency holdings. That's crazy to me. That is a wild number. Now, I would say that $25 billion figure, it's a massive figure. The percent of U.S. households is probably a tiny little baby fraction, the number of people who actually um, got in and got this kind of access. Um, but you have seen – this is a market that I think is – will continue to be as volatile as it is as long as the number of individuals that are trading in this market is as relatively small as it is. Now, that's not to say that there's only a handful of people trading now, but when you have a a, a small crowd of people that relative to stocks, for example, trading something, that is going to breed this volatility. Earlier this year, there was the question of the Chinese New Year, and um, because a lot of trading in in cryptocurrencies is being done primarily in Asia, and the Chinese New Year, um, there's a, a tradition, basically, where you see cryptocurrencies decline at the Chinese New Year because that's the time of year where people want to give cash as a gift, so they sell off some of these other assets in order to give cash as a gift. I think right now the fundamental question, it's really similar to the technology companies. The fundamental question for cryptocurrencies is regulation. And and really, since earlier this year, when it all of a sudden turns out that the SEC wants to track how much money people are 
making on cryptocurrencies, that's when you started to see some of the the first cracks in the crypto story. And the more that you see regulators want to either get a piece of the action or oversee the action, the less interesting for some that owning cryptocurrencies is. But more stable, potentially. Exactly. So it's like it can it can sort of bottom out and then be more stable in the long run. At the same time, stable is a relative question, in my opinion, in this world, because who's to say that it's Bitcoin or Ether or Litecoin? Like, what are the real winners and why are we choosing those winners in this space? Rebecca, thank you so much. You're a winner, Gary. Oh, that's the Aww. nicest thing anyone said to me. Yeah, I'll, I won't say that. No, she would never say that. <laughs> Um, How are you, Jane? It's great to talk to both of you. <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and again, uh, Rebecca hosts the No Limits podcast, which we will throw a link she up to. She is the best. She's very fun. And so smart. I hate her. When we come back, a couple stories that we'll update you on. Uh, is she D- still listening? Yes, probably. Oh. <laughs> She's on hold. Uh, the DA's office has decided not to, cha- to charge James Toback and the latest out of New York in that the FBI has raided the office of the president's personal lawyer. That's coming up next on Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells sitting in for Shannon. Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells in for Shannon today. Hey, a reminder, the host of Dark Secret Place, Brian Suits, is going to be in tomorrow. Hang out with us during the show. Hey, you know what? This time on Friday, every we were eating the super duper most hottest pepper sauce hot sauce in the world. Oh. Anybody have any problems? I developed a hole in my bottom lip. <laughs> you did not. No. I was fun. By the time we left, I mean, what was it? 2.30, 3 o'clock, whatever, when we left on Friday, it was fine. But I mean the next, like, later. <gasps> oh, you mean like... <laughs> yes. Fine. Guys? I have no issue. I had no. nothing. Uh, no. I just had some slight tightening of the yeah. abdominal area. Yeah. You had cramping? Not cramping, but I mm. was aware of what I consumed. I had no problem. Rick, who had uh, three tastes, uh, said he had no problem. Uh, you know, And I had no problem, but I only had one as opposed to the six I had in South Carolina when I ended up on the floor in the woods. <laughs> on the ground in the woods. The woods doesn't have a floor. It does have a floor. Do you think part of you died that day? Well, part of me was left. I left my... Something. I left my guts in South Carolina. <laughs> oh, that sounds... This should be a t-shirt or something. Um, okay, a couple of things. First of all, on the website, if you go to KFIAM640.com, use the keyword Gary and Shannon. We have the winner of our baby animal bracket for this year, and it was... The baby goat. Yeah! <laughs> Which was weird because it was a 16 seed. Did the impossible by coming from behind... Definitely the underdog to beat the baby duckling going into the final Goats round. are it. Goats are it right now. I think that that is kind of what we're seeing. But that was also why giraffe was so popular last year mm. because of April the giraffe, even though Hedgehog eventually won. Ooh, Tom Brady's a goat. Okay. I don't... Greatest of all time. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. That was bad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just double down on I'm it. I'm sorry. Huh? Suits is in tomorrow. Uh, I'm on yeah. my way out. <laughs> The uh, the big story right now out of Washington, D.C. slash New York City is that the FBI has now raided the office of the president's personal lawyer. Michael Cohen is the guy who 
admitted that he paid $130,000 to Stormy Daniels just before the election in 2016, basically so she would stay quiet about her story about having an affair with the president several years before that. The weird thing is, or not the weird thing, this apparently does not appear to have anything to do with Mueller's investigation, even though it appears uh, the search warrant was uh, after receiving uh, the prosecutors received a referral from Mueller. So he must have come across something in his investigation outside the Russia investigation that he then forwarded to prosecutors. So they went in and raided Cohen's office. Yeah. So Cohen, again, Cohen is President Trump's personal attorney. But Cohen's attorney says... (laughs) That's a lot of And does Cohen's attorney have an attorney? Uh, probably. Um, he says, today the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York executed a series of search warrants and seized the privileged communications between my client, Michael Cohen, huh. and his client. Can they do that? Those are If they're privileged, they can't do that. If well, they're that's, privileged. I guess that's the argument is whether or not they're privileged. Yeah. Because remember, the president has said he didn't know about whether or not he didn't know anything about the $130,000 payment that was made to Stormy Daniels just before the election. Well, somebody convinced a judge they had enough information to get a search warrant to go in there. Now, now that's the key. It's a, you can't, we can't forget that somebody went to a judge to get a search warrant. Yeah. A federal search warrant. So this is not just, it's not just Bob Mueller and the special counsel's office having it out for the president so he's going to go get him any way he can. Like you said, this does not have apparently have anything to do with Mueller's investigation in that it's not going to show up in a special counsel. You know, he's not going to indict somebody based on his findings. But he came across something that he thought, oh, huh, I'm going to tell Manhattan federal prosecutors about this because of the whole Stormy Daniels thing. They went to a judge, convinced a judge uh, that they could go in and take this. Uh, So I don't know about the privileged communications. I don't know. That's what that's what courts are for. To figure out what they took, if they can have it, if it's legal, if it's evidence, if anything happened. Meantime, Stormy Daniels' attorney, Michael Avenatti, uh, is saying within the next 24 hours they're going to have a composite uh, sketch of the man who threatened her uh, back in 2011 and will offer a reward. But I found out, you know, this guy's been around for a while. I did a little research. This is Stormy Daniels' lawyer, the guy that showed up on the 60 Minutes interview. Right. I got bad vibes guy, from him right Yeah, away. the big jaw. A local guy. He, back five years ago, I went up to Seattle when Patrick Dempsey, Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. McDreamy, bought Tully's out of bankruptcy with an investment group. Well, his partner in that sale was Michael Avenatti. He ended up bowing out and suing Avenatti claiming that um, Avenatti uh, was uh, using, what is it here, $2 million for working capital, borrowed $2 million for working capital without telling him, carrying an exorbitant interest rate of 15% annually. He sued him for the way he, he then backed out of the deal. They settled. But according to the Seattle Times, since, uh, since Avenatti's team bought Tully's, they have been named in more than 50 state and federal legal complaints, including commercial lawsuits, <laughs> breach of lease actions, and warrants for unpaid taxes, court records show. Now, there's there's one thing to be said about attaching your name to something like Tully's, a well-known corporation. You're going to draw – you're going to have a target on your back to some degree. There's another one to be – there's another angle of that, which is, but where there's that much smoke, 
you got to imagine there's some hinky stuff going on. Well, they, 50 lawsuits, it's sort of like at what point do you start thinking Bill Cosby, Cosby did do something? Right. And, I mean, with all due respect, you are an adult film star. Nothing illegal with that. You're going to hire a lawyer. I don't know how much money you have. Um, you know, I, I uh, you know. Yep. Well said. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> when we come Nothing back. I say um, is right. But there. speaking of uh, speaking of that angle of it, there is a story that's coming out locally as well. Uh, the James Toback story. Oh yeah, this is a uh, a longtime Hollywood director who has had a string of women. How about this? Three hundred ninety-five. <laughs> How about like fifteen busloads of women who have accused him of sexual impropriety slash assault slash grossness just nastiness look him in the eyes while he if you want to get ahead in hollywood you have to stare at me while i do this to myself pinch my nipples and look into my eyes who who's who is you don't want to know gary and Channel will continue with jane wells sitting in for shannon